minus 30 seconds. T minus 20 seconds. You are now tapped into the coolest reptile podcast in the world. Welcome to New Breed on the Block series, the week for the Amazon tree boa lovers. What is good? But here we are, episode 385. I'm your boy, MJ. Hope everyone's having a solid Monday so far. And if not, it's about to get better. But man, I hope everyone's doing good with other stuff in their life, like their animals. I hope they're doing their weekly water changes. Man, listen, if this is your first time tapping in, what is good? Smash that like button. All right, and then hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, select all. You'll be on top of every single podcast I drop here um, on this channel. I want to say thank you for all the love and support, all the viewers, all the subscribers, man. Um, you guys are are really just, it means a lot that you guys give this channel the time of day. Now, you can also catch Trap Talk Reptile Podcast on all the major audio platforms such as Buzzsprout, um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Um, don't forget to rate review on those um, platforms as well. Shout out to all the early birds. I see you guys. I'll get to you guys in a second, man. But I want to get things started with uh, tonight's sponsor, uh, which is my good man over at GS Reptiles. Head over to YouTube, GS Reptiles. My man, Gary Shavino, just dropped an epic vlog. Head over to, uh, he head over to his boy Johnny's house, who works with these really rare locality of blue tongue skinks and uh, other awesome Australian lizards. But yes, super epic vlog. This guy's content's not to be slept on. Neither is his work. So make sure you head over to Instagram and follow Gary on IG as well. GS Reptiles, my man, Gary Shavino. Thank you so much. I also want to say tonight's episode is brought to you by Focus Cube Habitats. All right? Behind me, what you see, the wall of focus. Thank you, Stephen and Ashley. Flexing Texas all day, every day. Head over to focuscubehabitats.com. See what they have available. Everything's custom. Okay, they'll build what you want to as well. So thank you so much, Stephen and Ashley. I appreciate you so much. And uh, follow them on Instagram as well. Appreciate the sponsor, man. Uh, last but not least, use Ship Your Reptiles. Use what the pros use. Use promo code TRAPTALK. Save yourself 15 bucks on that next reptile shipment. And like I said, Ship Your Reptiles, the OG of the reptile shipping company. The pros, the best in the game. Use Ship Your Reptiles, and that's a fact. Thank you so much, Chad Brown. Thank you, Susie, the entire Ship Your Reptiles family. Appreciate you guys so much. And we're, yeah, we're going to go hard for Terry. Um, holy shit, guys. What do you know? We got Marshall Mendez, my dog in the building tonight. What's up? Dude, can you please attest right now that AirBuds Air for this is not the way to go? Yeah, no, no bueno. Thank you, man. A lot of people want to argue that because, hey, listen, those aren't cheap. Some people spend some good money on those, and then they want to use them on here, and it's just like, dude, sorry, toss them. No, he's free, the free ones that came with it. Yeah. Marshall Mendez, man. How you doing, buddy? It's been a, it's been a while I'm, since I've had you on the show. I'm doing great. Doing great. Everything's uh, 2023 season's well underway, and uh, waiting for the rush of babies coming in about six or eight weeks. 
damn all right all right now listen uh you've been on my bumper quite a while for an amazon tree boa uh, i have yeah and uh and and i i did one even better i dragged you along for it so how do you feel about that you did yeah you did talk <laughs> me into it where are you at with your amazon tree boa litter productions like as of today i know you drop a litter at least once a year something like that is that correct or how's that yeah, I've, I've had litters the last three, uh, the last three years. Um, the first one, uh, was, I guess, whatever coming up on three years ago now. And then I had a nice one, um, two Novembers ago, and then a nice, uh, 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 uh another mediocre one earlier it was either early this year or late last year. So had three litters now. Um, and you know, I'm, playing with a couple of a uh, couple of the morphs calico tiger leopard um so yeah this we'll see i got a pretty exciting pair this this season which i bred a leopard male to a tiger female um so excited to see what might come from those um you know i'm still kind of learning about the genetics of 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 how all the you know how everything works so hopefully uh, get some clarity on that this week I mean, you know how a lot of chondro keepers, um, as ourselves, could kind of like go off on how crazy diverse colorations can be in the chondro, right? But yeah, that's kind of the same thing in Amazon Trebo as I'm starting to see. Like, like there's Amazon Trebo yeah. keepers who are like, "Yo, hold on, chondro guys!" Like, before you get all excited, these motherfuckers are throwing some crazy shit too. So, and, and, yeah, and I, I want to say we're going to be talking about an underrated species tonight. So I'm stoked. Yeah, hundred um, percent. There's, we got some we got some people in the early birds going nuts. I think they're happy you're here. Can we shout some of the early birds tonight? You cool with that? Sure. All right, guys. If you're in the live chat tonight, too, do not be shy with the super chats. If you got an important question, topic, or if you want to show some love, drop a super chat if you think it's worth it. Shout out to the new YouTube member, Lord Brown Bear in the building. Uh, Deviant Glass, what is up, player? Uh, hey, this guy blows some awesome uh, um, pipe smoking tobacco pieces. This guy. I mean, shit, we're in 2023. He makes some sick-ass weed pipes, bro. Uh, Deviant Glass in the building. Appreciate you being here. Trap Talk Patreon member all day, every day. Miller's Menagerie in the building. Trap Talk Patreon member all day, every day. Ethan Hatchery in the building. Trap Talk Patreon member all day, every day. Row 5.0 in the building. Dude, uh, this guy right here, I think he's this close to making the jump from ball pythons to chondros. What do you have to say? Uh, to <laughs> I think it. Okay, can't go wrong. You won't, you won't regret it. Honest that. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's 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 motivating. Shout out to my boy, Ro. Um, Brooke in the building. Trap Talk Patreon member all day every day. Jordan Hartland Reptiles in the building. Trap Talk Patreon member all day every day. Orange County Condros. This guy right here is something like you want to see something pretty crazy. Um, all in right off the bat. Not even ball pythons. He's going straight for Condros, bro. He's going straight for blood. Got a nice. Him. Yeah. Uh, and he's from Orange County. No, go figure. They're very bougie up there. So yeah, it makes, it makes sense. <laughs> I mean, they take only, <laughs> only, only designers, right? Only designers. You got it. It's all he wants. <laughs> uh, no, man, but shout out to my boy, Robert Orange County Condos. Chop talk patron member all day, every day. The homie big Mike in the building, 1776 exotics. And we're going to end this with my homie big Mike. Cause he is my OG trap talk Patreon member. The first to join the family. And yeah, don't forget guys. If you're looking for exclusive content, Go down to the very first uh, link you see below. Join the Trap Talk Patreon family. And, uh, yeah, man, listen, I'm ready to rock and roll. I think it's time to make history on Trap Talk tonight and finally bring some Amazon tree boa. About time. How How is it taking so long? <laughs> All right, guys. Well, fuck it. Let's do it. Do what you got to do to get your mind right. Do what you got to do to stay hydrated. I need Marshall staying hydrated. That's for sure. 
when doesn't he stay hydrated uh but guys episode 385 coming at you right now get the lights up give it up for my man red dp let's go ready for do, do more in the future trap yes. talk podcasts yes man only, only trap talk exclusive yes. exclusive oh so stop calling us from <laughs> <laughs> the spot get the club to pop when i come up with the drop god love it love it or not i'm hot from the hop to the club to spot get the club to pop when i come up with the club to spot get the club to pop when i come up with the club to spot get the club to pop when i come up So 385 with my man randy p what is up Randy? what's up randy thanks for having me guys nice to meet you marshall yeah likewise dude and and i actually just met randy for the first time too after i mean us knowing each other you know kind of like through social media sure for at least what five years yeah since probably when you started following you since the beginning well at least i at least i did it right and had you on as far as you know giving this week to the amazon tree boa uh readers because you know the work that i've always followed you always had amazon trebo is in the mix oh, correct yeah. has that yeah. been your foundation for you randy no 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 no. but i am kind of curious why you had hognose breeders on before amazon trebo breeders i mean <laughs> that's a little insult no i'm just playing <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i have i can't even, i don't even know what to, i don't even know what to say <laughs> i'm just playing with you uh so i'll, I'll kind of give you a little history of me i mean I've, I've always been a hobbyist i don't know if I've necessarily considered myself a breeder. I've just bred certain things here and there. Right. Um, you know, like anyone just kind of getting into the game as a kid, you know, you don't really know what you're doing. You're just playing with, you know, wildlife outside and begging your parents for stuff. When I was eight, I think I convinced my mom to get a red-eared slider because she, you know, told me I couldn't have snakes. You know, <clears throat> that really, you know, that, that want and stuff, that fire, you know, that most of the time it starts as a kid yeah you know yeah uh, fast forward uh way in the future here um when i was with my ex-wife you know i I was looking for something that um just just something out of the ordinary some pet i had allergies to long-haired animals dogs and cats so although i i'm usually pretty good with with dogs i didn't want a cat or anything other than uh a dog so I found uh, a ball python, a, a PetSmart, and this was probably like 2007, okay. 2008, something like that. Where the majority um, of people find ball pythons. That, back then, that's, yeah. you know, a lot of people didn't even like to go on Craigslist back then. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, but back I mean, 
at, at least back then, like I, I at least had the the knowledge. Like PetSmart was decent enough that they would put like how big the animals would get and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, well, this is something I could probably keep, you know. So I picked one of those up, and then I just like fell in love. Like scoured the internet for as much information as I could find. Um, started, I think I created a little YouTube channel. Like if you go back, it's embarrassing, but I have uh, some YouTube back in the day. Um, and I remember right around that time, Snake Bites TV was coming out. I remember, I remember when they put their trailer out. And um, from then I was just pretty much just like, just following him and then a few other keepers because there wasn't a ton of YouTubers out there. And it was before Google owned it. So like the YouTube wasn't really for necessarily entertainment purposes, at least where I was looking. It was right. more of like documentation and kind of like um, uh, just just information, how to's. Everything was how to's, you yeah. know. So I, I did some videos back in the day on that kind of stuff. Um, but it, the YouTube game, you know, props to you because that's 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 a lot of work, man. So it wasn't something I, mean, I was I, yeah, I mean, I, The thing is, like, the level of YouTube why I do it, it's definitely not the money because it's like, no. even, if, even if my views were, like, you know, up there, they're still not millions. Like, it's really hard to get millions of views, you know? And, yeah. And, but I'm totally okay with that, like, just doing my thing with that because, you know, I don't, I don't need to be desperate for content, you know? But, you know, but anyway, so I, I feel you on that. Yeah. And so I started getting into the, you know, the ball Python morph craze because, you know, Brian Barczyk was doing it at that time and yeah. everyone was really starting to, to focus on the ball pythons at that point. You know, I don't yeah. know how you guys get into it nowadays, like with so many thousands of morphs and combinations, like how overwhelming that shit is. Like at least back when I started, it was very simple, like single gene, mostly codom or incomplete dominant uh, traits well, I mean, and some I, I fused think recessives. You would think the answer to that, Marshall, is like the shit that we like is all five, ten thousand dollars. Like we like the mm -hmm. high, high end shit. That's how you keep it interesting. In ball python. Yeah. If you don't, yeah. I, yeah, your your animals have to stand out from the crowd. Otherwise, yeah. you know why? You know why? You, then you're just competing on on price, if not. But yeah. And, and so I, around that time, I was also starting to gain interest on green tree pythons, um, probably around the 2008, 2009 timeframe. I started picking up a couple of them. Nice. Um, just some Import, imp imports. I have to ask you, Randy, who'd you yeah. import or who'd you pick up from? Some of them were imports, uh, Bushmaster. Uh, then I also were, I picked up a couple animals from a gentleman named Simon Tang. Mm. there's also um a group of animals i picked up from a guy named dennis flanders any of those names okay. marshall no, any of those names uh maybe simon tang sounds familiar but i couldn't tell you from where yeah mm. and the names i mean when i bought them third hand right or second hand from these people i'm just going from the information they gave me so Right. <clears throat> um, started kind of collecting, you know, I had ball pythons and green tree pythons uh, and then just various other reptiles. I was I, I call it everyone kind of goes through their Noah's Ark phase. You know, you get like onesies and twosies of everything. Uh, and I was doing that at the yeah. time, too. Um, but right about uh, 2011, something like that. Uh, my my wife and I started splitting up, so I had to think about downsizing. So I tried to sell everything that wasn't a green tree python and a ball python. 
Mm. Uh, that same year we were going through those troubles is the same year I produced my first uh, green tree python clutch and then my first ball python clutch the same year. Uh, the green tree python clutch came first, and that one's actually documented on YouTube. So if you look up my name, you could see that one was on there. Um, nice. And then the ball python clutch came right afterwards. But I was so enamored with the green tree pythons that after that clutch hatched from the ball pythons, I just sold the rest of the ball pythons that I had and reinvested into more green tree pythons because I love them so much. How and did I, you do with that being your first clutch? So, and that's the thing is the first clutch, it wasn't that bad, right? Like all I did was I bought um, the more complete chondro book from Greg Maxwell. And then there's this guy on YouTube. I don't even know his name uh, other than Jason. His handle on YouTube was Cute Gay Jason. Oh yeah, guy, I know that guy. <laughs> this this guy. Have you ever seen his stuff, Marshall? Have you seen this guy? I have not. Oh yeah, man, he, dude, he bred emeralds and chondros, and like he walked me through how to breed chondros. You know, yeah. he just walked me through it, and then that in conjunction with Greg Maxwell's book. Uh, what I did is I took Damon Salsi's um, design for the albinochondro.com, the igloo cooler, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I just took that design and I shortened it down to a smaller frame, something a little bit cheaper, the one of the red igloo coolers. I cut yep. a piece of plexiglass for the top so that when I opened the lid, it wouldn't dump everything out. And then I layered everything exactly the same way Damon Salsi's did in his videos. Uh, yep. and that, that was super, I, I hooked it up to a Herpstat ND. I don't even know if they sell those anymore, but the night drop Herpstats, when they yep. first have them, they're like a vertical black box. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, that's how I produced, I had four green tree Python clutches, but the fourth one was 11 slugs. And so the other three I had were all the same sire, but two different females. So and I produced, nice. this is like 2008, you said? No, 2011 to 2014. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I was producing I them back quite to back. a few chondros from from that uh, style of homemade incubator, also from Damon's really, plants. Really stable. Yeah. I mean, I I made a brand new incubator, and I'm trying to breed green trees this year, and I'm kind of nervous. Like, should I just use the old one? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I know it's hatched out chondros, but you know, we'll we'll see. Even if I, I don't know if I even get any. We'll see. I mean, as long as you have controlled temps, I know, I know, I don't have the perfect uh, track history, but I also yeah. take a lot of notes from all my failures. And I just, you know, something confined, small with consistent temps. You're in the, you're in the zone. I, I yeah. Really, as long as the eggs are good, obviously. But um, it, yeah, they're they're tough. I mean, and I was kind of like beginner's luck with the first one because I did, I got 17 eggs, no infertiles. The first clutch was a Wamina to a Jaipur female. Um, and then I had like one or two eggs die right away. And then I remember seeing six of them, like all of them hatch, but six, I think it was six of them. They just came out and died. Like their heads popped out and then they just died. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So yes, that's how it worked. I had 10 after that, that actually made it. And then I was able to actually establish six of those. So I, I took okay, it kind of yeah. hard, you know, like, hey, you know, I only yeah, have I, six. I, I, I understand. I understand. Yeah. But everyone was telling me, like, <laughs> no, man. Like, what I did is um, I took some of those babies uh, and piggybacked off my buddy's uh, expo down in Oregon. And that's where I met uh, 
Mark Goyer, uh, Nick Mutton, and Ryan Young, they all three came up to me and they said, okay, where yeah. did you get these small little imports? And I said, I produced these. And they're like, no way. And I was like, well, here's the YouTube video. <laughs> you know, like, luckily I had that. <laughs> no one believed me at all. I typed, I tried looking it up real quick. I can't find yeah. it. What do you type, type exactly? My, my full name, Randall, Randall. Okay. with two L's and then P E G U E S. All right, continue. I'll, I'll, I'll keep doing it, but uh, I'll keep pointing it up. <laughs> Anyways, you know, uh, so I, 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 I'm curious though, okay, you know, the ones, the, the six that rolled out and they pipped, I guess, fully and they died. Hanging yeah. out the egg, or did they come out? Did they emerge fully, or no? Um, I'm trying to remember. I don't think they fully came out. Like, I was trying to wonder why some of them were perched and the other ones were still in the egg and they were dead. Like their heads just came out and died. Did you poke holes in the egg box, or no? Were there any holes? Did you do any of that stuff, or they just kind of? My egg box wasn't completely sealed. The way I did it is, I just kind of had my egg box in there and you'll see it if you look on that youtube video but i had a piece of plexi just on top of the tub so there is way for there to be ventilation through that so almost like a, almost like a sim container then like it just Kinda, yeah yeah right. yeah and i i did it suspended over water too you know with a i just made it out of egg crate and pvc couplings or something like that yeah you guys ready to see this 2012 footage this is oh great. my god one man <laughs> look at my guy randy right here oh my god what a youngster Gotta love it. <laughs> all right so uh okay obviously you're pulling out the uh, conjo here with uh that yeah. late oh wow look at that little tiny little nest box yeah. was that a tool chest or what is that or no that's one of the uh, that's one of those critter keepers that i just yeah, put yeah, gorilla tape around damn smart. i was ghetto man so like <laughs> so is your wife filming helping you film this yeah that's my ex-wife her. yeah Okay. What'd you have in there? Oh no, oh, my bad. No, that's the that's a, that's the uh, egg box. Yeah, sorry, the lighting. I think I shine a light in a second here. Yeah, let's see this. This is neat. But I mean, I'm lucky. I, I at least documented that because really nobody yeah, believed me believe that. I, I didn't realize it was that difficult to breed them because my first clutch wasn't that that bad. The second one was was horrible, but that was a different female. There we go. Some good green. So that's a Biak? They were the no, that's it was sold to me as a Jayapura Bushmaster. Oh, wow. So it could be mixed with Biak, but that's not what it was sold to me as. Right. What are you going to say, Marshall? I was just going to say that chondros are the first reptile I ever hatched also. So, yeah. you know. I, well, I, I, I mean, I did. I bred like leopard geckos and dart frogs and toke geckos. I mean, I've kind of like, like I said, when I was going through my Noah's Ark phase, I did. I realized how much I enjoy breeding them. So I would breed little things here and there, or help my buddies with their veiled chameleon breeding projects. You know, I would take the eggs over my house and stuff, uh, and the bearded dragons. Yeah, but, those are some good looking eggs right there. Yeah. No, I was really fortunate that first clutch. Um, you, did you, so you put them all in deli cups? You put them all in deli cups like this individually, like or, yep. or like kind of like groups. Yep. And I did that because that guy Jason told me that like if if some of them go bad, at least just part of them would go bad. So I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Nail. Did you have like a hundred hundred percent hatch rate? Well, I oh, know. Yeah. No, 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 yeah. These were the ones you were saying that that yeah. some of them some of them just uh, pipped and never came out. Yeah, but uh, they all looked good. So how many total did you get? 
think 17. Damn. Here's his incubator. Here's all of them. Here's the incubator. Yeah, there you go. Damn. Yeah. Super simple. I mean, I think we always overcomplicate everything in these oh, 100%. hobbies. You know, it's and just life in general. I think we do that. So, Wait, so you you had you had like a water heater in there, or how'd you heat that in there? Remind me how. Uh, that so, worked. you you got to go back and check albinochondra.com. He actually has the design. I'm pretty sure it's still there, and he makes like PVC tray levels, and one of the bottom trays is wrapped with uh, heat tape. Oh, wow. or heat cord and then you have two water pans that are set in that so it actually creates a humid chamber so and then i yeah. would just and i actually created a dome over my eggs uh, i probably didn't do it here but what i did is i i domed over them with like that netting for um like construction fencing mm -hmm. um we cut it up and we use it for amazon babies all the time but i put that over the eggs and then i just put paper towel over so when I open the lid and everything, I would never get any water on the eggs. And then I would just fill up the chambers of water and then I would change the paper towel out and I would just check them once a week. So that's wow. how I did it. That's neat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love how we've, uh, we're 20 minutes deep and we've only talked about chondros. That's pretty epic. Uh, no, no. I, I mean, <laughs> chondros, I'll always have chondros, but Amazons have really stole the show for me. I mean, yeah. they, they yeah. really have. And, and what year was this? When did that kind of, when did the crate so, the Amazons take over? The, the crate, it started before I actually, because I completely got out of the hobby in 2014. Um, was that due to the divorce? You, you, that's when you like. Well, kinda... we were finalizing stuff at that time. I met my current wife that I, I'm with now around that time. Um, but no, I actually had, she was pregnant with our, uh, my son Landon at the time. So I was like, I can't have all these kids. Like I got to grow up and I can't have all these expensive pets for no reason. You know, like I was like, I, I gotta say, you know, and then everyone gets to you too. And they're like, well, how are you going to have a baby and have all this, you know, stuff that's dangerous. And it kind of gets to you after a while. And I was just like, fuck it. And I'll sold all of it. And then I went into salt water and built a big reef tank into my, my dining room and plumbed it into my garage. <laughs> Whoa. And I did that for a while, but it didn't fill that void, man. I mean, that's, when, a, whole other, that's a whole other beast, right? The whole yeah, thing. it is. Yeah, but my thing is, is when people tell me something's difficult, I'm interested. Yeah, I mean, you just got to obsess over it, you know, just like anything else, right? To like, you know, yeah. um, well, I have, you know, kind of about me. I have two businesses. Um, I have a general construction business, <clears throat> and then I also have a painting business too. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I do a lot of like insurance restoration work and build. Sometimes I build new homes and do like a lot of remodels and additions. Damn, so, that's awesome. And you're, you're in the PNW, right? Pacific Northwest? Yeah. So I'm over here on Woodby Island. There's a, a big island chain on the, the West Coast, and I'm right underneath the San Juan Islands. So, okay. Nice. You've been, Washington, you've been to Washington, Marshall? I have, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm really like like spoiled because the temperature here is always like between like 45 and 75. You know, Oof. there's times of the year where it dips a little bit, but and then it, there's yeah. times it might get a little bit hot, but it's really rare to get anything over 85 in the summer ever. Both of y'all spoiled with the weather, yeah. <laughs> but. Dude, um, 
now we might I'm, get one week of snow maybe now i'm curious you know you were kind of mentioning how you know it was mainly the pet side of things was what made you made you so involved with reptiles in the beginning um mm -hmm. but was it the amazon tree boas or what snake was it that made you say Fuck it i'm gonna breathe this like I, like when did you want to take on that again so when i was getting out one of the things that crossed my mind is it really started to get to me like how much work you put into these green tree python babies and to have someone call you six months a year two years down the road and say hey dude it died you mm -hmm. know like after you know you had to force feed that thing or you had to like stay on top of it forever you know before you could even let it go and then someone can't figure it out like that really got to me like it was pissing me off so i wanted to get a species that was kind of had the same aesthetics that like people like if they wanted to set up something nice they could have it sit in their perch for them and most people will go to the emeralds you know but for some reason i wasn't really interested in the emeralds like they were a little bit too large for what i wanted uh and i'm their head shape is just it it's odd to me i know are, everyone your, likes are your hands in, are your hands important to you my hands are important yeah okay that's why bill that's why bill siegel never got into it. <laughs> <laughs> no i mean i i the basins are nice but i wouldn't just i don't want to get into something just for the monetary value of it um right, that's a good call the, the amazon's what <laughs> If you ever take, if you ever pick up a red, bright red Amazon tree boa and start playing with it, you'll fall in love. I mean, that's all it really takes. And I wanted to find a species that kind of had that same aesthetic, but people that was much hardier, right? So the person that I was selling it to, you know, if it, they got it too hot or too cold or too, you know, humid or not humid enough or whatever the parameters were, or if they were a little off, that the snake would probably still be okay you know, um, a little bit more forgiving. So I really started looking into the Amazon tree bows, but at 2014, like I said, I sold everything and I got out. I didn't really think that I was going to get back in. Uh, but my wife, Haley, uh, you know, it was like, um, like a, a birthday coming up and she was like, what do you want? You know, you're, you're hard to get. Cause I just really don't care. You know, just whatever. I'm a pretty simple guy. <laughs> and she's just like, Hey, you know, like if I want something, I'll just get it myself. You know, I don't yeah. need. So <clears throat> she's like, well, you know, when we first got together, you had all those snakes. You want a snake? And I was like, don't open those floodgates, you know? <laughs> and uh, she's like, oh, oh, fuck. What did I, what did I do? Yeah. Like, what, what have I done? <laughs> so she's like, well, what would you want? You know? And I was like, well, you know, me with green tree python. She's like, I'm not spending that much money on a snake right now. If it's just a pet, you can have something else. And I'm like, all right, how about an Amazon tree boa? And so she's looking around and she found this one uh, from Noah Ingram. And uh, they sent it over here and I was ecstatic. But as soon as I had that snake in my hands, like there's a little shed out back <clears throat> off my patio. And I ripped that thing down to studs and redid the whole thing. I said, <laughs> all right because my wife she's like i'm either either gonna force you to turn that into a dog room or you can have it for your snakes and i was like no it's my snake room Damn. and so i put a full light door in there and a window and a cadet heater and, and insulated the hell out of that thing and and drywalled it and put some rubber base in it and then i started 
Both you fuckers, are, both you fuckers are capable of just building whatever you want. That's what's that's that's <sighs> well, yeah. Money's money's a factor too, though. You, you could always build it, but you gotta wait for. Have you, you seen know. this guy? Have you seen this guy's bathroom? <laughs> no. <laughs> Coolest thing I've ever seen. I've never seen a bathroom like that. Sorry, I just had to. Throw Does he it have out. a bidet? I, I don't know. He no, never, no. never bidet. <laughs> should is that bathroom completely so, done it's, it's been done right marshall I'm sorry to it's like off. 90 you know it's like 99.5 percent done like the last half a percent of any construction job is is always the hardest always but the it, hardest it, 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 it needs like some you know like a, tr a little bit of trim and then it's done but yeah. it's it's close i like, have a guy you know. that works for me that i call him the closer because <laughs> i need him to go and close these jobs out so i can get paid because he yeah. always does that he like makes a list and just goes down the list and checks it off that's yeah it's it's, it's, it it's fun. yeah so how do you have the amazon set up in uh in there are, are you using like uh ambient heat or are you yes. just relying on okay so but what and i do is all my baby tubs do have heat right and they ha they're on a thermostat and then all of my adult cages have some of my juvenile cages don't have heat but all my adult cages have rating heat panels and they're on thermostats too my thermostats i like to set them low so I'll set them to like 81 or 82, just nice and low. Uh, and then the room is set at like 75 or 77. And mm. I'll let it fluctuate in between okay. there. And so in the summer, the heat's never even kicking on in the racks and the and the cages at all, you know? So when, when you say like the heat panel gets up to 81, like that's a, mm -hmm. that's a basking, like a basking spot of 81 or, yeah. okay, yeah. Yep. I mean, that, yep. that's, that's pretty much, that's similar to what I do, um, but the, just warmer temps and less, mm -hmm. you know, a little bit less uh, uh, variation. Like I don't use supplemental heat, yeah. and but my room gets to you know eighty one, eighty two during the day in the summertime, and then yeah. in the wintertime it still gets to this temperature, but it gets a little bit of, a little bit cooler. And somebody suggested a few uh, years ago just turn the heat off, and yep. I haven't given them any heat any supplemental heat since then babies yes that are in a rack sure but not uh not not the adults so where are you yeah. keeping the and, um, where do you keep the babies at then like temps wise i keep them in the same rack that i would keep like baby chondros or emeralds but like at the, on like the bottom level where it's like close to the floor and you know and there's a fan going in the room so it, it's a few degrees cooler and i have it set on like you know 83 or 84 uh with a with a nitrop to yeah. room temperature <clears throat> i used to keep everything hotter uh but i've just realized that like i if you i'm very observant keeper and if you're looking at your snakes and they're always pressed against that cool side then i just i've over the years just kind of trickled the the temperatures down to where i i see them nice and active but they're not super aggro you know like the amazons what i've noticed is they're kind of like the borny the short tails that you keep yeah. them hot they're going to get pissed off you know crazy and so are, so, they, are they are they located at high altitude or like where, where do you find amazon tree boas well i mean they're arboreal snakes but they're all throughout south america i mean there's really not an area that doesn't have them i mean they're all over the place yeah so they are have they such being, a wide are range being, are they being found like the same areas as like emerald emeralds and stuff like that too yes i think okay. so yeah mm -hmm. that's crazy that they're same demographic in a sense but i'm noticing ever since i brought warren booth on actually i noticed this the last time that the last last time i brought warren booth on because he, he he has like a a hot spot of like 93 for their emerald mm -hmm. for his emeralds and he's like yeah i do mine hot and i noticed I'd, i'm more on the lower side remind me what you do marshall but i ever since i raised the heat up i 
I noticed they like to stay close to that heat more than I typically thought. And so now it's 88 where that is right there. But I, I keep them, I give them like high 80s, but just, just like if they're under the heat panel for, you know, a couple of hours, you check them and they're at like 89 or something. But just right. during but, the day. Yeah. Just during the day, you know, yeah, drops a room, you know, completely just shuts off at night and goes to room temperature. So yeah, the only time I actually <laughs> I bump it up to I want it want it to get closer to eighty nine is after I see any female ovulate. That's what I do. So I, I, so I was going to ask about that because mm -hmm. the 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 two clutches that I've had or the two litters that I've had with this one female, you know, I, I didn't even give them supplemental heat after I knew she was oh. gravid, and I'm I'm wondering if I should change you know change that because the you yeah, had a horrible time getting them feeding too, didn't you? I did. Yeah, both time, both time, both both litters from that female. But then I ha have another female that uh, I got my best litter from, like probably a dozen or you know a dozen babies, and she was the same way, and she had a dozen you know like perfect babies. Yeah. So, but I've just been thinking that that's something I could try. Different is just giving them. Do you track your post uh, ovulation shed date? To babies, I do, but I can't tell you what it is. I have to look it up. Was it about like one forty, or do you know? I, I would no. have to look it up. Yeah, I have no, uh, I don't know, hmm. off so, the top of my head. That's around the same time as emeralds, right? Emeralds are like one fifty ish, uh, Marshall. Remind me, remind me how long Marshall uh, emeralds I think like one one fifty five or something like that it's, is the. It's like a. It's pretty much most boas around that, like one twenty to one sixty. Mm -hmm. But there's some boas, like there's a guy, I think, in Spain, Luan. Uh, his Amazon true bow is at day 200 right now, POS. And he's he took her to the vet. Everything looks alive. Ultrasound, mm -hmm. everything looks good. So, I mean, I, I think that's the normal range, but I think it could definitely go. I've heard of 115 people having babies, which is crazy. Uh, the litter I just have was like 120 or 121. So that's pretty quick. Was that the one where there were seven live and one slug? Yes. Mm -hmm. okay. And uh, guys, do me a favor, please, if you don't mind, go follow the homie Randy right now on uh, on Instagram. And we're talking about dropping litters and whatnot. And I happen to look at his IG and notice this. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I would say this is what makes boas cooler than pythons for sure. I mean, this is the first time I caught it too, man. Like, I literally like just rolled one up. I was about to go outside and take a break. <laughs> and I set that sucker aside and I said, Oh my God, she's actually doing it right now. Usually it happens at night when I'm asleep, you know, or first thing in the morning when I'm at the gym or something. Wow. But yeah. And then I, I caught a little bit of her eating the, the slug too afterwards, which was freaking awesome. Now, what about the babies though? Like, is that ever a concern? Like that's fucking sick. Wow. Yeah. But what about the babies though? I mean, sometimes they'll, they'll go after the babies, right? Not that I've heard or seen. Okay. So, but but yeah, I mean, they'll let the babies crawl all over them. Wow, those are look at that clutch or excuse me, that litter. What's mm -hmm. going on? If you want to break this down, like is this a morph or what's happening in this? So there's a Amazon's the it's like right now at the beginning stages of ball pythons, people were looking for these small little idiosyncrasies and little teeny minute details that were different that they were trying to pull something out of because you guys had to reverse engineer all those genes right? The animals came with the genes. You had to stack the genes or remove them, separate them from other genes. And that's kind of what we're trying to do is we're trying to figure it out. Um, this was a tiger to a tiger. So it was a red tiger to a Halloween tiger. 
Tiger is the the vertical dorsal striping. Um, that's and a that's dominant. a that's incomplete dominant, right? Or, or so it's right now it's considered dominant still. But I know Dayton and, and Nick, and that's something you might want to talk to Dayton about too, is they have evidence that there could be a super because they've produced all tiger litters from one tiger pairing. Right. So oh, that would okay. indicate that it is a super. Yeah. So that's the father of the recent one. And so with him, he was born red and he's still red, but he has an orange head. So he's nuts, bro. What the fuck? His name is Hellboy. Oh my God. Who, who produced this? Dayton. Dayton did? Yep. Hey, shout for that plug, by the way. I will say Marshall was, because I asked Marshall when he was on my bumper aggressively about doing Amazon tree boas. And I'm like, well, who would I bring on? He, and, he, and he mentioned Dayton. No, um, you, you, you guys are going to bring on Rory too. We'll, fit, we'll figure it out. He's Rory, the one you need Rory, to talk Rory, to. Venomous homie Rory? No, Rory Gresco. Nah, Gresco, yeah. Who that is. He's, in, he's in Southern California too. He used to live oh, with. I think he's still in the Montclair area. Okay, tight. That that's who I got pretty much all of my. Well, the, I don't have a ton, so I have like two point two adults and one point three I got from from you Rory. See, oh you God. see that crazy one right there? That one came from Ryan Young. Bloody Mary, this one. Yes, uh -huh. this, thing, this thing is nuts. So, and then Dude, paranoia is a sibling from that one from last year's litter, so, so two years younger. Yeah, she'll be ready to breed next season. You're going to put Hellboy to her? No, I'm going to put Freak Show to her. Where's Freak Show? She'll be Freak Show. <laughs> Freak Show is the one that you had on the, the profile. The uh, real light at one? The top, at the top in the middle. This one? Yeah, that's his baby, his younger picture. But if you scroll down a couple of them. This one? Right there underneath the yellow one. No, that's Ember. This one? Right there. Yeah, Whoa, that's Freak dude, Show. This is like some calico shit, bro. Yeah, so he's Whoa. like a, an extreme calico from Rory Gresco. Whoa! So do you think that that the uh, the the white and the light the, the lighter ones tend to be harder to reproduce, right? Then then don't they want to like go darker as they mature? Uh, Is that unusual? That, that's pretty unusual for one, right? To be that light at, as an yes. adult. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, all the females they want to gain those black scales when they get you know, when they're gravid, I, I mean, we'll see what these, you know, obviously this is a male, but like bloody Mary, I'm, I'm assuming she'll be dark. She'll darken up quite a bit as she gets older too. Oh, mm -hmm. dude, I'm obsessed with this snake, bro. But yeah, uh, paranoia, that other one too, her sister, Where's if you look at? to the, just to the left of uh freak show, that one, that's going to look, that's going to look better than bloody Mary. That one's oh, just two years younger. All these names give me anxiety. Is that supposed to happen? Yeah. Well, I mean, the way the reason I do it is because, like, the same reason for chondros, right? Yeah. Like every, e like everyone knows who Versace is, right? Oh, sure. You know what I mean? So to have Versace blood, I want people to understand that they're going to get freak show blood or Bloody Mary blood. And hey, what's Versace now? 22, 23 years old? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 23, I think. He's 01. So. Still handling yeah, 20, 20. yeah, I thought he was gonna thought he was gonna go down there for a while. He had a respiratory infection and had to take a round of antibiotics, but he's uh, yeah, he's back. Yeah, <coughs> Sorry, that's rough. Go, dude! What a what a guy, man! What a life for Versace. I would say he's he he created quite the name for himself. Yeah, yeah, um, a lot of bloodline out there.
Hey, check it out though. I want to know though. You know, we're talking all all this. You know, litter dropping and whatnot. I'm curious about establishing these babies. Um, They're tough, man. For yeah. me, they were tough. <laughs> let's go right into it, Randy. Like, right? what's the yeah. talk about? You know, not not maybe the most recent litter, but just your yeah. overall experience with litters and establishing the Amazon tree boa. So, I mean, I think what it is is you just have to find like the combination. You know, like if yeah. you were to try to 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 get baby chondros established without talking to anybody, it would be a fucking nightmare. Right? Mm. Well, it's still a nightmare, but even then, you at least know where to start. You know, mm -hmm. and I think that was my thing is I did like, hey, I have chick down. These things aren't eating hot pinks. What's going on, Dayton? And he's like, scratch that. Throw it away. Get a fuzzy. Super hot. And if, uh, you know, you're having trouble feeding it the super hot fuzzy, peel the nose back, squeeze the cheeks so a little bit of brain juice comes out and use that for scenting. Yeah. Yeah. And I've and done the brain, the braining and the, the, some of them do like the chick down though. Cause that, mm -hmm. that's something that I, 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 was trying to, uh, I have, yeah. I, I didn't until somebody suggested it, and I was like, well, shit, why well, haven't I tried that? I'm like, you know, it works yeah. with, you wouldn't think it would work with chondros, but it does. And uh, I tried it, and I got like, you know, three or four of the ones that were pulled out to, to eat on that. Seems mm -hmm. like the heat is the really important thing. Yes, that's, um, that's what I noticed too, is the heat, it needs to be super hot. Yeah. Yeah, but the braining, uh, somebody else told me that, and I tried it. It might have been Dayton, um, suggest that. And uh, when I tried it, it, it worked on a couple of them too. And then that with the chick down, you know, yeah. all those little different combinations of, of things. Um, but the, the, the common theme is that they're all super hot. Yep, yeah. super hot, and they they like the prey to have fuzz on it, you know. So I've noticed that they're not really interested, even though they look like they probably should take a pinky. They could take a fuzzy. It's a big meal, but most of them can take it. Yeah, they can take big. Yeah, take, I've noticed that they can take big meals Huge for meals for their size because they're really bigger than you than you think. They're they're mm -hmm. just super skinny and long. Yes. But they're way, you know, seems to be, I've never taken one out and measured them, but it seems like the adults are, you know, maybe longer than the adult emeralds. Um, Six or feet, at, you seven know, feet. Yeah. As long, yeah, but just well, Marshall, skinnier. Think about what, think about what a, a, an adult emerald can take, which I've, I can't believe that at, there's a certain point where you could feed a jumbo rat to an emerald to kick it into. Oh, the, I've uh, done it. I've, I've done it plenty of times. Yeah. Uh, re re like, retired yeah. breeder rat to a. To a basin, but like, <laughs> seriously, but they handle it. They can yeah. handle it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they can handle it. Yeah, and the Amazon. I, mean, I don't, state, do, I I don't mean, do that all the time, it, but at the right, only at the right time. But yeah, the 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 Amazons can take big meals, and they they, they like to eat. Mm -hmm. Man, very fast metabolism compared very to fast. the emeralds and now, the now, chondros. Now, once, yeah. Once now, I'm curious, Randy. Once they're all out and they're 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 out of the mom and whatnot, and you count yeah. what's alive, what's not. You like to put them together and then house them separately, or what's the yeah. other steps? So I like to keep mine all together in a tub with just something in there rough for them to to shed on and get up off of the super wet paper towel if they really want to. So I just throw some like little cork in there or whatever, mm -hmm. maybe some twigs, or I I use like the fencing like I was saying, or you know vinyl coated uh, chicken wire or something like that. Um, but I throw them in there and I want all of them to shed out together. Um, I just 
that's how I do it. And then once they shed out, then I'll separate them. And my next available day, because I'm so damn busy with five kids and two businesses, then that's when I'll feed them. So sometimes it's a week or two after they they shed. So it's you're not, you but know, you're not really rushing it either. I I, I feel like now they're going yeah. at least probably three weeks from the time they drop till they get food. Yeah. Now, did you have that same approach with your chondro uh, clutches? No. Back? No. 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 I I tried to do it right away because I was just so new and nervous and. Um, the third the third clutch wasn't that bad but this the second one was horrible and i tried to feed like before they shed and then some of them shed and wouldn't eat afterwards um I, that that clutch was the worst so mm. yeah i've i've experienced some hardships with those too now i you know obviously there's one i mean I, what's the, what's the ratio right now as far as ones that make it and ones don't as far as what you what what you've worked with oh i very i might have one pass you know like they're they're not that bad i mean last year too i just produced two litters of dominican red mountain boas so i mean you guys want to talk about difficult feeders like and those ones actually ate really well but that was because i was able to provide them lizards um but changing them from lizards to scented fuzzies that's super difficult i think that's almost i don't know almost harder than chondros depends they get this so they get pretty stuck and relying on the on the um lizards the lizards yep what kind of lizards yep. were you set? like what kind of lizards i'm sorry anoles wow where'd you brown get anoles there's a guy named jp in florida uh you need do you have you ever met this guy named chad he's in southern california he has like the brightest dominican red mountain boas in the country mm-hmm. chad yeah, Golden Coast Exotics. Oh, yeah. He, he does colubrids. Yes. But his Dominicans are top notch. You need to get him on and talk to him about his Dominicans. Doesn't Chad also, like, I don't know if they have him. He has him anymore, but he has Western Sanzinia. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah, Chad's awesome. So, okay. Anyway, so, but, but the, the guy in Florida is where you were getting the knolls from. Yep. Yep. And the, he, he gave me that contact. So, yeah, he just shipped them to me. He would catch, you know, 100 or 200 at a time. And then I would wow. just pay shipping, get them up here. And then at that point, you're only paying about rodent prices for them anyways. You know, right? Uh, you know, if he's selling them to you for like a dollar or a dollar and a half a piece, it's not that bad. So do you um, have to do you just throw them in a big thing and feed them? Or like, what do you do? You- so, so, yeah. So the way I did the uh, Dominicans is I would have them in groups. I was super confused how I was going to do it. And I had them in groups. And then what I would no, do. No, I was talking about the, I was talking about the annuls. Did you keep them alive or did you buy them? So this is what I did. So I had the Dominicans in different groups. As I got the annuls in the mail, I placed two annuls that were live in each tub. And then I froze the rest of them. Okay. Okay. And then I'd come back the next day and I'd see which one or two ate the live ones. And then I'd separate those out to their own tub. And then I would keep doing that uh, with the frozen as well. So I would just keep trying that, and then I would keep separating them as ones would eat. And oh, then you're huh. kind of you're kind of left with okay, this is the stubborn ones that are you know kind of left hanging out here. You fed them all together. You fed them while they're all chilling together and see which ones wanted to take. All yep, together. and you would obviously know by looking at their belly which one took it first. Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. I mean, I, like I think that. Warren Booth has done something similar too with some of his Corrales. Um, but. 
that's just what I did with the Dominicans. It worked well. My wife was a champion. She got most of those established. I was Damn. busy. That's yeah. Sick. Shout to the wives. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, that's good. That's one. that's good. I'm I'm my ratio is is terrible compared to yours. I'm, I'm like yeah. 50 50 on on the babies, getting them uh getting them established, getting them going. It, you let them I, just I shut it, out first, or yeah, yeah. Let I let them shut out first, and um, I think on the ones uh, uh it's been it's been by litter. So the the two litters from my calico that black calico female that I have. I don't think I, I have. Her. Well, I, I know I don't. I don't have any living babies from her, and she's produced like one litter that I had got five from, and then this last litter that she had this year, I only got maybe two, uh, two live ones and a bunch of slugs. Um, but we were talking about the heat earlier, and you know they were in my. They're like I said, they're just in my ambient uh, temps of my snake room, mm -hmm. and it had been it had been a cooler weather uh when she had them so i'm wondering if if uh, i'm definitely going to turn the heat on later for this gravid female that i have now but i, I wonder if that uh, i'm sure that could have had something to do with it maybe it's worth a try yeah yeah i mean because you know we're obviously talking about how heat could be bad for a certain established <laughs> animal but you know for babies i think you'd kind of want to keep that obviously not too warm but warm where they're alert and they're ready to rock and roll, you know what I mean. So you uh, keep the babies the same way, where they're like low at low eighty for hot spot, yep. and mm -hmm. okay, yep. yep, keep them the same way. And I, I, I don't know. At least I'm so busy, I'll go in and check on my snakes once or twice a day, but it's never for very long. It's just to kind of see if someone pooped in their water bowl, so I could hit that real quick, um, or see if something stinks somewhere, and then I'm out. You know, so. Mm. Um, I think I just gave them a lot of time with no one walking in front of them or I, I don't know, but, uh, this last litter was super easy. I just waited. And when I offered them, I had one stubborn one that held out and I said, Haley, you want to try this one? She sat on my lap, fed it in front of me. Hmm. <laughs> nice. Now, you know, obviously we're talking about how similar these are kept in the beginning, just like any other conjure or emerald, right? You keep it like in a tub type rack system. Yep, on, on, paper, on paper towels and perches and whatnot yep. right mm -hmm. um and at what age are you doing like are you separating your holdbacks and putting it in their grow up and and what would be a grow up for your holdbacks and sure let's talk about all the way up to adulthood as far as what you keep them in so i mean i do have tub systems that range from like six quart 15 quart 60 sort 66 quart and then there's like a, a 32 quart i think um the wife. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm in there a while, you know, usually when everyone goes to sleep. But, but with me, I like to see my animals. When I go in my room, like, I like to flip on the switch and just see them all out. So I have a lot of, like, they call them, like, condos, you know, like a four-tier and a three-tier. I don't know the exact dimensions, but they fit in a baker's rack. So there's, like, four and then three and then two. Um. And I have a few of those, and that's just where I keep the babies. Um, and then I just, as they get bigger, I, they'll go down to the, you know, the three tier and then the two tier. And then I have 66 quart uh, tubs too that, you know, some of the, the smaller males and the, the sub adults will go into. Mm, so, those are in like, a, are those in, in a rack, I guess? or Yeah, or? it's an old like AP rack that's an arboreal okay. rack. Yeah, I have four of those. So, 
they're like five tubs each. Okay. okay. Now humidity obviously is, is is like would you say humidity is just as important as emeralds, Marshall? Like what we're talking about here for these? I would say almost more. I remember like my first uh, first litter. I had a I had a uh, out of the four like five of them, pretty much all of them had bad first sheds. Mm. Um, yeah, I guess I didn't keep them. I guess I had to, you know didn't keep them humid enough. Kept them, you know, what I thought would was the same that I would do for a. a, a Chondra or emerald but i don't know maybe i let them dry out or something a little too much yeah and when, uh had a bunch of bad sheds when they're young uh like when they are you talking about like before they have their first shed yeah uh well really just babies in general but yeah even yeah. the first shed yeah well with me i don't really like to give them a lot of perching options when they first uh are laid i like them to be on the paper towel or they can go up onto the little cork but it's the cork is still soaking up quite a bit of moisture, you know. Sure, so they're yeah. kind of forced down there. Um, if you give okay. them an option to perch, they're going to perch and get away from it, and I think they'll, you know, dry out and desiccate a little bit quicker that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when they're babies, it's really important to keep them humid, uh, especially up until that like twelve to eighteen month period. But I think that, you know, and that's because they're kind of slender right so if if you have any shedding problems like just like the tree monitors mj like they'll lose tips of their tail and stuff like that like i don't know if you ever have any problems with any of your ears but one of my females uh you know when she was younger she had problems with the shedding and she lost a little bit of her tail oh wow uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't even know that was the thing that's it's, crazy. Yeah, super common oh, yeah. um with the tree monitors and it's common with with uh amazons too if you don't catch it so it, it actually yeah i see it with condors a lot too yeah it makes a little ring of shed and it just it starts pinching it, it off and then anything below that it's gonna die yeah yeah that's crazy mm -hmm. and yeah. sometimes it's hard to catch because it's like really thin piece of shed you know that you don't know until the, the skin behind it starts to look a different color hmm. but yeah i mean that's really important when they're really young uh to make sure they can have full sheds i think as they get older i'm not as um I don't know. I, I'm really busy, so I'm not as like on top of the spraying and stuff. I try to make sure that I'm spraying in the winter time, and then the summer I don't really care because the humidity in the northwest is pretty. Going to say, there. yeah, you're, yeah, you, you're, you're high humidity yeah. to begin with. Yeah, weather's yeah. ideal up there when it comes to for snakes in Washington. I would it, say, yeah, especially, it's, especially it's with really the rain. With yeah. the rain, I bet it's like, oh, we're pairing. Oh, yeah. Well, I was planning to pair chondras up, and we got a storm not too long ago, so I just threw them together anyways, and they started locking up. So we'll what, 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 what substrate are you using as far as for the adults? Uh, so all of my all my babies are on damp paper towel. That's how I do all my babies. Mm -hmm. um, I like cypress mulch. So I like to use cypress mulch for most of my cages. Um, my green tree pythons, if they're in a 66-quart, tub then they have puppy pad so i know you're anti-puppy pad now but hey man listen that's, a, that's what works check out my youtube channel the trap <laughs> why puppy pads are the devil's work i did uh, <laughs> uh no listen man listen it's bro at the end of the day you know i'm i only did puppy pads because you know i, I was talking to someone who swears by them because where they're from my boy mm -hmm. socrates 
is in South Florida. He's like you. Doesn't have to worry about humidity whatsoever. Yeah. Then I realized what Sock does, and I should have asked him, is he flips the puppy bat upside down. Because really, what Warren, what Warren dropped some knowledge for me at is that these puppy pads are designed to hold in moisture and not mm. let it expose. It captures it. Um, and I noticed for quite a while that Sock's puppy pads are upside down. And that water, the, the other side of the material is not the same. It's more the plastic. And actually sits on top. So either way, I puppy pads for where I live and for what I need them for, my emeralds, man. By the way, I feel like my emeralds are just completely turning the corner and like in a better yeah. way too, just because it how just well, looks better like, too. You know, it, I mean that that right there is smells awesome. better in the room. Everything, everything smells better, but the humidity, I don't have to worry about it. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I was spraying every fucking day. You know, how annoying that gets, and I'm just yeah, like, I don't do that. Yeah, no, and I'm sure that you know. I mean, I don't know. It's I, think- a, I feel like it's I feel like it's quite a bit more maintenance to cab them though on on cocoa. That's the only negative. I've done both. And- well, the, the thing is, you have. I mean, after after at least a month, you're gonna want to replace that cocoa. You know what I mean? And, and that's what and, I'm saying. That's a that's a pain. It's like, what are you yeah. vacuuming out of all the cages or? or I got shop back, man. I'm good. I mean, I got. I'll just shop back that bitch and. Uh, so you know- the way. I'll, I'll interrupt you real quick because the way that I have mine, I don't clean them out every month like that. I actually like bacteria to be in there, so I don't want to clean everything out. I, mm. I've always been raised that sterility is is death, so I don't like that. I don't want to, it's not a hospital, you know. These animals are exposed to to bacteria. Obviously, we're trying to, you know, circumvent some of that, but I just don't think it's needed. I think. I don't necessarily keep bioactive, but I do keep naturalistic. Um, there's, I do have live plants in a lot of them and you'll see like springtails and stuff just come out of nowhere and start, but I still go in there and pick up the poop. The right. only time I do a full, um, enclosure clean is like, it's always spot cleaning and adding more material, um, disinfecting if there's something bad, but if there's something nasty, like a regurgitation, um, if they drop a load of babies, uh, if the animal passes away, these are um, this. That means that I have to go in there and I have to completely sanitize everything. Yeah. But if it's if I don't have that, like I haven't had that in a long time, years. So they're just growing in there, and there's plants everywhere, and I just fill the water bowl and I change, you know, deli cup water bowls. I just change those out. Uh, Wednesdays and Sundays are usually my days to do that. Yeah. But it's all growing. I mean, you can say it's kind of like a semi-bioactive, but there's there's no drainage layer. I don't spray them that heavy. I just give the plants water, give them fresh water. Actually, I just take their water that's old, dump it in the plants, and then a new deli cup for them. I mean, this is the closest I've ever gotten to doing bioactive anything. I'm pretty excited. I might go get some fucking isopods, toss <laughs> in like fucking 50 per enclosure, and just call it a day. And we'll be all right. Well, because when you spot clean, you're never you're gonna miss a little teeny piece here right. and there. Urate, you know, think about the urates mm-hmm. that crinkle. And, and honestly, I'm like you. I'm not. I'm not opposed to leaving that, especially when it comes to breeding. Like if it's sure. females or something, like mm-hmm. females gonna want to smell that all day. Oh, my Dominican cage was disgusting when they were breeding, but that's what I was told to leave them alone. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you you got that aroma in the air, you know. That's kind of what yeah. they. That's kind of what they're looking for. Yeah. Uh, well, it was it was gross. I mean, because there was <laughs> I put two males with one female, so they wrapped up both males wrapped up on the female, and there was musk everywhere. Oh, it was God. just everywhere. It was it was horrible. <laughs> we're, we're, talking, we're talking Amazon tree boas are just 
not a hundred percent, but they perch mostly all the time. That's what they do, right? They're just just like a no. condor and, and, mm -hmm. and a, an animal. No, nope, nope. They're they're going to be kind of a. Some people say 50-50. I would say mine are more like 60-40. Most of them perch, um, and that's because I set my cages up for that, right? If I have any heat sources, they're always towards the top of the cage, uh, and I add a lot of perching up high and no hides down low. Mm. So if you add a hide down low the snake will always go in there at the end of the, you know, during the day. Safety. If you have right. an arboreal hide, it's always going to be in there. You know, that's just how the snakes are going to retreat, mm. but they'll, they'll find areas in the cage that they can take refuge from. And that's why I like to put the plants in there. The plants will they, continue to grow and they can they hide a lot. They're not, they're definitely not as, they're not comfortable being out in the open, like a chondro or, or emerald. Yeah. But um, I, they'll, get underneath the paper like i don't i don't have them uh any any hides in in mine mm -hmm. but they'll get under the paper and they'll get uh like in some of them there's a gap between the heat panel and the ceiling it's like yeah. you know an inch an inch an inch gap i have and one man all the time <laughs> there will be like two adults crammed up in there yeah. you know uh between the heat panel and the and the ceiling but there's no they, heat, there's um, no, right? There's no heat. No, right? there's no heat. There's no heat on. They're unplugged. But I, I haven't just, I just haven't taken them out of the cage, and they will use the top of that as a hide. I mean, yeah. it's like a crack about this big, but they're I, in it, you know. I think though that fifty percent of the time to, to give your Amazon something that they can, like if you give them a cork tube that's a little bit uh, tighter in diameter, they could stuff themselves in there. And you necessarily have, will have a hard time getting them out, but you could just take that out and clean the cage if you wanted to do that. Right. It's it's going to help them build confidence to know that you can't every time that they go in there, they're going to feel safe. You know, it doesn't matter where the hide is, if it's up or down, or I just try to I like cork, so I put cork right. in there so they can kind of stuff themselves in little areas. Uh, but then they're usually I kind of make it to the point where um, you're going to see them most of the time. So that's just kind of how I set mine up. Oh, that's interesting. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but they all look like they bite. <laughs> they all look like little fuckers. I mean, they're just yeah. like real, they're real uh, active and uh, they don't just sit there, but I've never been bitten by one. Like, they're, uh, they're, cool. <laughs> they're super, yeah. like a, a nervous, right? Right. I mean, they're always prey in the wild. So, they right. have to be defensive and, and protect themselves. And the only way they know how to do that is throw them their face at you. Right? right. I mean, that's the only, but their, their strike is, is so pathetic. I mean, you could see it coming from a mile away. If you're, if you have any snakes, especially chondros, you know, like a chondro, like heat seeks, you know, they, they have a like fast, like head twitch and then they can like lock on and just attack. The Amazons are really like, like the real slow and they'll go up, you know, that what they're going to do and yeah. they don't have a lot of power behind their bite because they're so thin, you know? So mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's their, not their, a, their mouths are only so big too. So it's like, they can't, you know? Yeah. I mean, their teeth are longer because they're an arboreal species, but it's, it's not like as bad as a green tree Python bite. Um, I, I rarely ever get bit um, just because I'm really, I think confidence is key with almost any animal. Is just going in there and getting it, not thinking you're going to get bit, but then also know how to redirect the animal when something looks like it's off, you know, like redirecting your temp, your, your animals so that 
it's facing a different direction. Um, but there's, there's signs, you know, that you can kind of see when the animal's getting triggered to bite. And I, I'm just, you know, good at observing that. And I kind of, I don't really get bit by them at all. I'm yeah. really confident. I go in there and I just handle them. I try to show people that like, they'll know the difference, right? I can offer my hand and they'll right. smell it. I can also offer food and they'll take it. Right. Like they'll, they know the difference, but you have to be willing to also put in that time with them because it's like you're building a rope out of threads, you know, and each piece of that rope is just one little thread at a time, you know, and you have to build these <clears throat> good, good interactions uh, every single time you open that cage. Uh, I always say like end on a positive note. Like when I'm teaching my kids, like if you're taking your pet out and you interact with it, never put it away. If something bad happens, like try to keep it out a little bit. Yeah. And then as it's, you know, it's a good interaction. Then you, you end on that. Yeah. I learned that from, I learned that from Kevin um, McCurley. He he mentioned that when when I was kind of, I was trying my best to get my Nile monitor at the time to be cool. And <laughs> I, was, I was thinking, like, <laughs> and I was, just, I was just obsessing over his 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 practices. And and I want to tell you, man, when it comes to learning how to work with monitors, really hard to fucking beat Kevin McCurley. Um, so I just tried to pay attention to a lot of his stuff. And uh, and one thing that did help a little bit was like, even if this fucker's fucking you up. Don't put him away like that. Like, calm him down. Get him to, like, either go back in on his own, but just don't fucking, like, oh, my God, freak out and throw him back in there because they don't forget that shit. And, and you know, a lot of these reptiles, at least the reptiles that I'm keeping, you know, they're very routine, man. Like, they understand the routine of things, especially, mm-hmm. you know, we're talking about how, you know, I mean, a lot of people in Marshall, you know, this is true, too. Like, they, and even you, Randy, they, they think, oh, my God, your emerald tree boa or your chondro must be so mean. Like, how do you handle it? And it's like, that's not really the case. Yes, right. I mean, they, they, they're ready to rock and roll for food. But once you have it out and once they know that, okay, there ain't no food around, this isn't what this is, mm-hmm. they don't give a fuck, right? But once food is around, once food is in the air, you don't handle the animal the same. It's a whole yeah. other it's a whole other approach, but that's because of the routine of things. Like that room isn't always smelling like a thought out rat or whatever, but that's. Yeah. Every time, every time it does, they get fed. Right. right. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but so, you know, it's, it's, you know, man, I, I just wish, and I, th- I think people will get the understanding, you know, especially people who are so afraid of a certain animal and then once they own it, they're like, Oh, that's not too bad. But that's mm-hmm. kind of reading them. Like, man, you know white lips? Have you ever worked with white lips, Randy? Yes, I have. I've bought them and Jesus sold them multiple Christ. times. Bro, you, you want to talk about, love, you want to talk about love a love relationship with them. Yes, yeah. thank you. Okay, I'm glad we yeah. can relate on this. Marshall, for sure. Because here, one thing about Marshall. No, I fucking hate keeping them. I love looking at them. Marshall said this, I think, on the very first episode, that he's really good at not getting bit. Like, you do, like, you purposely work around not getting bit. Right, Marshall? No. Like, that's always your game. White lips will throw their body at you. You, dude, you could have a white launch lip off the table. You could have a white <laughs> lip having a good day, and it could just be like, no, I'm not gonna have a good day, and it just mm, turns just around turns, and bites you, yeah. bro. Mm-hmm. It gives you no signs that it's gonna bite you. It's it's like it almost sits there and thinks until it's ready. And correct me if I'm wrong, it has the most teeth out of any python species. A white lip, from what I, I heard. think so. Yeah, you don't stop bleeding for a while. <laughs> I've been bit yeah. by a full on adult male, bro, and oh. that shit hurt so bad he like clamped on for a while too because i didn't you know i was like all right he'll let go 
No, Are you like, still working with us? Oh, yeah. I got a nice pair, man. Or I got nice. a nice – I don't know. I don't want to get off topic, but sold to me as Biak Localities, and I heard there is no such thing as a Biak Locality white light, but these things are super dark. They, I don't know if you've seen pictures of them at all, Randy. Oh, I think what? I have. Yeah, they're, I probably have. I have a really high gold one, which I think that's kind of like the st- like a standard thing to come across the high gold mm-hmm. white lips. But then there's this other one, and I'll send you pictures later. But it's like black, like it's like black, and okay. that was the one that was labeled a Biak locality. And um, yeah, they have their days, but bro, I could pull them out. Um, I actually cohab, I co- I cohab cohabitate them now. They're in a six by three by three, and um, seem to be doing like way better ever since. Because I ran into someone at the Reptile Super Show who had success breeding them like three years in a row. And he mm-hmm. said that he, he it all worked out for him when he, cohab- when he cohabitated them um, and gave them a hot spot of 90, but then the other side of the enclosure was like low 70s. Okay. Or like, like, or like, but they just need that, that gradient. They need that. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah, and so see what happens. But they're big, bro. They've, I've had them eating like monsters for like the last two years. Um, and I'm, right now I'm about to food cycle them and uh, – see what happens but yeah i I can't that's like i know i've gone a lot through transitions with the last year of wanting to kind of like not work with things but that that right there i'm holding on to for dear life yeah i love you know it's like that love hate like you said but man i'm just i love able to just have them you know what i mean i bought two pairs and and sold them in two different times yeah it's just i have eight remember do you remember how many i used to have at one point Mm -hmm. i had eight white lips and they were fucking psychotic all yeah. of, and once I found a pair that you were did like Timors too, those, those are also crazy. Too. I, had 13, I had 13 Timors, mm. those were all like the reason why I kept going ape shit about Timors because everyone's like, You can't handle them, dude. I was handling mine all the time, yeah. Um, and, and I just think also, I think I got my hands on some good Captain Border brands from uh, Sun, Sun, name's Mike in Florida, Sundown Reptiles, or what is it, Sunrise, or either way, some guy, some Sunset, some guy, Sunset. thank you, yeah. Sunset. Um, I got some Captain Born and Bred from him, and that's when I really fell in love with the Team Wars because I was like, dude, these things are fucking great. But then it's also just like the White Lips. It's just a matter of time where they're going to musk on you or do mm-hmm. something where you're like, okay, I'm putting this shit away. And, yeah. and, and that's why I was like, man, I just really started looking at things that were giving me headaches, and I was like, I need to start eliminating. You, eliminating. you got to do that sometimes, man. Yeah. That's, that's a good thing, though. That that means that you're, you're focused on something, and you got to part with stuff that, you know, that they can go elsewhere and get better care, you know. And they that's, all did. No, and, and luckily, the one thing I I do love all my followers about is like, I I'm. It's not f- too hard for me to find someone to put some of these. Like, if I had to, I could put the. I could, you know, it might be get difficult at some point, but most of these could be put into the right hands. You know what I mean? Right. Because mm-hmm. the people that I keep in my circle and people I follow and follow me, and so it's a beauty about this thing. But also, I'm at that point where there's nothing I really want to get rid of other than maybe a big snake <laughs> that's sure. about it i'm starting to realize yeah. that the bigger the snake the more of the headache <laughs> so yes. i'm starting to like yeah i'm coming yeah. down just a little bit like i went on this crazy rant about wanting to be done with the stupid door for ticks but i lied to myself i can't get rid of them like i i, I that's oh yeah. <laughs> I, I know i know but i don't even have a lot i have my one big 12 foot female and she's there that's but, huge, you know, man. It is. I know. Well, I'm like that super dwarf is so odd to me because it's like to me, anything over six feet is too big. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's, no, they only get they only get six feet though. No, fuck that. They, <laughs> it's like it's like you go to a store. I've been around too long to see those. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, imagine 
big and tall people not being able to go to a big and tall store because they're trying to lie to you that you're not big and tall and you could fit into these regular size clothes, well, but you can't. About it, man. You need big and tall department stores. And so I have to buy talls. <laughs> <laughs> I'm six, four, man. Hey, do you know what's great? Cause I try to like, show. I try to, anytime I get merch and I, I try to reach out, I'm like, you know, I try to reach out to people. I'm like, Hey, I would love to give you some shirts and you gotta love yeah. the people go, do you have any XL talls? And I'm like, yeah, bro, I, listen, me. I don't, I have yeah. what I have. Do you want it or not? <laughs> like, I'll, I'll, I'll wash it twice. And it's a pajama <laughs> shirt. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, Okay, you know, I, I'm curious about the Amazon Treboa market. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously there's been a lot of talk about like, oh, I can't sell a snake. My ball python won't sell. Or like, oh, it's just the whole market saturated. Where's the Amazon Treboa market from what you can see right now? Well, like I... I think what it is is most of the people who are breeding Amazon trios tribos do not do this for a living. They just do it for a hobby. So they don't really care what the market looks like. And that's kind of how I am. That's how probably Dayton is too. Like we're still selling animals, right? You know, there's only so many Amazon Trebo like breeders consistently. Um, I think if it's kind of lower end stuff and it's like uh, imports, yeah, it's, it might sit for a while or you'll have to lower your prices, but everything that i've produced like i don't even i've never even posted on posted on morph market ever mm. you know people just reach out to me and say hey i heard you had these and i mean i i sold what 28 dominican red mountain bows last year and didn't post any of them except for like a little on instagram and that's about it and marshall the only thing you're posting shit on morph market is ball pythons from what i understand yeah. right? oh wait you wait no you dropped yeah. a couple you, you did a couple of um, basins at, at one point, right? Yeah, they, I put some basins up. Those yeah, didn't all. <laughs> no, but he, What's he, that? Knows, he knows enough people. He could probably sell them behind closed doors if he wanted to, too. Those, those, basins yeah. last, those basins didn't last long at all, right, Marshall, from what I understand? I mean, one lasted like an hour, and the other one lasted like a week. So, yeah, they went, they went quick. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, how many people, Marshall, have reached out to you about Amazon Trebos, and you you've had? To oh tell yeah, them no. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, 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 everybody except for one one guy. Um, yeah. You know, one guy was like, "Hey, I want uh, you know, I want a trio, and just I'll take these three, and, and just made it you know, made it real easy. Those were the three I wanted to, to sell, and uh, you, you know, didn't have any problems." Hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't think I, I think that's pretty common right now. You know, I know you guys are seeing that because I mean, let's face it, the ball python market is much more saturated, right, compared to any other industry right now. I think the next industry that would get hit would probably be colubrids, you know, corn snakes, stuff like that. Um, Not the corn snakes, corn snakes. <laughs> yeah. Crested geckos, that kind of stuff. I mean, but, stuff that's being overproduced. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I think like the, you know, the market for, for chondros and amazons and emeralds and you know they're your your nicer uh high you know higher end stuff not that ball pythons aren't can't be high end but mm -hmm. um the market for for those is not you know um as down as no ball you know ball pythons you can't judge the the rest of the market by what by what ball pythons are doing yeah you can't um that's why it's like i don't know i mean randy you already said that you, you know most of the stuff you work with isn't really primarily for a financial gain it's just kind of just 
you to just i mean you get off on producing sick shit you know what i mean um but like what, what would you say the one thing you are relying on i mean because everything feeds itself right like your hobby you should yeah. your what you do should be able to feed what you want to continue to do within the mm -hmm. hobby right and, and what would yep. you say the one thing you work with will be able to do something like that would it be the amazon amazon tree boas yeah the amazons will i mean i do like the child bothras too the dominican red mountain boas those are sick um, not enough of those at all being yeah and those are super easy to sell because they're pretty rare and what'd you sell those for what'd you i'm sorry what'd you sell those for what those yeah. go for? and i i wanted to make sure that i priced them at something reasonable for everyone to buy so i priced my pastels at 500 and i passed uh posted my reds for 750. They're on nerd right now for three K, so I'm just, I'm just I know. <laughs> no, the thing is they probably are something super high, but I wanted everyone to be able to get one if they wanted one. And at that that many that I had, you know, I, I sold them fast. I used the money and took my kids down to Disneyland a couple weekends ago. Damn. <laughs> you know, but then I get, you know, rodents and stuff like that. Uh a local person that helps me out, Puget Sound Pythons, Jeff and Kendra, they help me out a lot. So anytime I need rodents, I can just go down there and pick them up. That's a that's a huge plug right there. Yeah, right? that's nice. Yeah, because I, I I've bred them before. I won't fucking do it again. It's disgusting. Yeah, it's terrible. I'm allergic to them, and it's a nightmare. I hate even breeding dubia roaches. You should get in the grasshopper game. That's fun. I've tried. I tried twice. I killed them. I threw them away. <laughs> it was bad. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. You got it. I, I just sucked at it, you know. Like the monitors too. Like that's. Do you still have the green tree monitors? I do. Did have you have the green, green tree, tree okay. monitors? Yeah, and that will be this next breeding project. I want to just kind of see if I can breed chondros again. So I have a couple pairs going there, uh, and then I want to focus on the green tree monitors. See if I can get those going. I tried to breed savannah monitors i built a huge enclosure in my garage my garage that was insulated um perfect i was able to keep like two feet of substrate at the bottom and i had them breeding uh but the female killed the male and i came home from the zoo and she killed him so like he was just rolled out dead or she like ate him she knows she, she like grabbed his skull i guess and flipped him and when she oh, flipped him i don't know if yeah if she broke his neck or if if he hit something inside the cage, you know, but he was upside down with his tongue out when I came home. Oh, that's so. brutal. And how, how long were wow. they together for? Uh, so I, I bought them both together uh, and I would keep them off and on together their whole life. So anytime I saw interaction that was negative, I would separate them out, but I was trying to breed them. So I wanted them to get used to each other, some introduction um, because no one, I like the challenge of that. Like no one is taking the time to try to breed that species. So I really wanted to do it right, you know, and I built a big enclosure for them and everything was perfect, had the right lighting. Uh, they were breeding. I actually had, he was copulating her. She let him. But I think what happened is she was either about to become gravid or she was and she dumped the eggs somewhere and, and he ate them or something happened but there was a dispute there and she killed him she wanted him out she wanted him out of the yep. picture and and yep. and i wasn't around to take him out that's my biggest fear hmm. with Mac, that's my biggest hmm. fear with mac drain alice man because you know as far as everything right now goes it's great but if there's a certain time where she feels she needs to protect something or hmm. she's over it 
those fucking females will just say fuck the it. Female gonna, monitors are freaking crazy. They man. are nuts, bro. They don't mm -hmm. give a fuck. And it and it's no. like you have to be on top of that shit. Like uh you have to be willing scary. to lose your male. Yeah, I mean, or mm. you could lose a lot of females. It's serious, too. man. Serious. Like <laughs> that male could go. So damn, it's a bummer, man. So that's insane. Like to think about think about them like, you know, just flying off the handle and killing killing the other one yeah and i knew from that point i was like i could i could not get another male and try to reintroduce him to that girl in that cage she would do the same thing yeah so i reached out to my buddy jay from jlcl reptiles and he's one of the only people in the states that actually breed savannah monitors so mm -hmm. i just said hey you pay for shipping i'm just gonna send her up to you she's perfect weight she's she's still nice and small nice body weight to her she's like almost four years old perfect to breed and so he bred her got infertiles uh this year so he's gonna try again next year this is so, savannah monitors you're talking about yes oh okay yeah, yeah my buddy's got them. My, my buddy's got uh black throats yeah um yeah i mean he's got a crazy setup and he's had uh a pair of them now he's got a pair of adults and man they're they're big like i don't know yeah, how much they weigh the biggest ones but yeah, for they're some reason, the male, people males have had more especially. success with the black throats and the white throats than they have with savannah monitors. Even Kevin McCurley couldn't get him to go. Yeah. Damn. So right now, overall, what, what's going on with that monitor enclosure that you built? Is is it kind of just, just? It's just sitting there right now with the dubia roaches inside of it, <laughs> <laughs> so that they don't get out. Um, but no, I'm actually going to redo that whole enclosure for my female pumpkin, my Dominican red mountain boa. Nice. So she's in a four foot right now, but I'm going to be able to give her a huge enclosure. I'll probably put both the females in there. Um, because eventually I'm supposed to be gifted some, um, Jamaican boas. So, Oh, well, they're sick. Yeah. Since I had some success with the Dominicans, I actually had two people reach out and say that they would be willing to gift me two pair. Uh, if they had any this season. So I just want to make sure I have room for those growing up too. So yeah, that, the, that'll become my plan with that, that big age. <clears throat> Jamaican boas come in different localities, right? Like there's different types of Jamaican boas, correct me if I'm wrong. Or, or... Um, I, I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I think there's different phases. There's definitely a yellow and like a red phase, like right. an orange. Um, but I think what it is, is there's Chilobothrus is the genus. There's a lot of subspecies that look really similar. So the Dominicans, the Puerto Ricans, the uh, is it Grenadensis like that? Uh, the, no, the Grenadensis looks a lot like an Amazon tree. Amazon? Bro. More like an yeah. Amazon? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's Corallus. Um, the Chilobothrus, they have a lot. I mean, there's, there's um, gosh, Cuban boas. That's another one, too. And they all look a little bit different, kind of similar to that Dominican body shape. Actually, what it was is they were all classified with Brazilian rainbow boas for a while, the rainbow boa clade, and then they separated those out. So they do act very similar to the rainbow boas, but they're much more slender. You can tell they're much more arboreal. Hmm, interesting. Mm -hmm. They're yeah. fun. So now, Randy, one of the biggest things for the reptile industry is obviously the new keeper coming in, um, you know, and I would say it was just like kind of like me, you know, the gate gateway reptile for me was ball pythons. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I obviously steered away and started obsessing about other stuff. But how are you feeling about Amazon tree boas kind of being that next species of 
a new keeper to get into like are you safe to say that these are that easy to keep if they just yeah. followed instructions or or let's you know overall you mm-hmm. know keeping this thing what would you how would you say that to a new keeper would you you know would you uh yeah absolutely and actually i have a, a few mentors locally too because i've i've been like going to the expos since i started 2008 2007 something like that i've been going to all the local expos so i know a lot of people and i'll usually just piggyback off a friend if i have a couple leftover animals or something mm-hmm. but i mean being a business owner you're you know just being in in the business and, and um you know the public's eye all the time anyways you have to learn how to talk to people yeah um and one of the thing is is you know i have kids so i'm, I'm pretty empathetic to like making sure the kids are having a good time at the expos and all the kids want to hold snakes right so when i was with people you know brad's world's reptiles or whatever he's an old school 70s breeder um but he would always have like a ton of extra ball pythons so i'm like hey all these normals like we're gonna set these aside they're gonna be holders you know like i i want the, the kids to be able to come up and hold an animal and they can hold these normals right like you're not worried about losing them. Like if something happens, I'll pay for it, you know? And so the kids would come up and they would just have a blast. Like they, I remember, you know, going to shows way later and they said, Oh, I remember you were the only guy that let me hold a snake, you know, at the show. And, and that does something for people. So taking that mentality over to the Amazons, like they could be pretty testy, right? Like Marshall was saying, like, you know, sometimes they could be a little nippy. So, what I do um, is I, I handle them a lot at home um, if I know that I'm trying to sell them so that people know they're somewhat desensitized and I could show them like, hey, you know, I'm not doing voodoo or anything. I'm just using the animal uh, and its reactions against itself almost. And so when the animal is starting to react, you just redirect the animal or you could raise the animal up higher above your head. Like there's certain things that you can do to kind of help that animal feel calm um, and not get bit, you know? So I'm at the show. I usually say, okay, well, I'm going to take an Amazon. I'm going to, I'm going to be playing with this Amazon when people are walking by the show. And most people would be like, dude, that's crazy, you know, but it's usually a smaller one. I'm not worried about like, if it did get, if it bit someone, it's not going to be like the end of the world, but I'm usually standing back and I'm holding an Amazon. And what this does is it draws a lot of attention towards that because they know it's not a ball python and they know it's not a typical boa. And they say, well, what is that? It's not a green tree python because that's usually the other thing that they've heard. Um, so then, yeah. then that engages some of that conversation. I'm able to start educating them on the snake themselves. And they say, oh, an Amazon tree boa. I heard those are horrible, you know. <laughs> but then they're looking at the one that I'm holding and they're like, what? Yeah. And I said, well, you know. If you're not if you're not worried about getting bit, I'll let you step back here, and I'll let you hold it. I said the snake has teeth. Any animal that has teeth can bite. I said, but if you get bit, it almost feels like if someone were to take a blackberry bush and just like tap you on the hand. It's more it's more startling. It's more like exactly shit, what just happened. It's yeah. just scary. And you even, know? With, even with the chondro bite, unless I will say I've had a chondro hit like a vein one time, and, and I have like, they hung their tooth up before? Yeah, that I, shit sucks. I got like a lump. <laughs> I, had like a, I had a sore ass lump on my wrist for like, yes. like four days, and I was like, yeah. okay, this, this hurts. But other than that, I would say eight <laughs> out of ten times, it ain't shit. It's like a little tiny, nah. like, like a tiny. Print. You just you bleed a lot, but it doesn't 
it doesn't uh, exactly leave a mark, you know. I mean, after yeah. like a day. Yeah. yeah. No, my son actually the other day he's like, "Is that the the female Amazon that just laid the babies?" I was like, "Yeah, she's usually pretty good. You want to hold her?" And he said, "Okay." And he grabbed her neck, <laughs> and she just turned around and bit him. And then he right. just looked down at her and he looked at me and he said, I thought you said this one was cool. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then that was it, you know, like that, that was his reaction. Yeah. Like, so they're, they're, they're not as bad as people make them out to, to be um, just like the green tree pythons. They can be worked with. Right. I'm sure you have green tree pythons that are like puppy dog almost. And some of them that are not like that. And that's kind sure. of like, they all have personalities too. Um, yeah. I would say out of all my snakes, I could hold all of them. There's probably three that are assholes. And the rest and of them are fine. That should be common. It's like just like humans. Yeah. Like they're, they're all, you know, mm -hmm. you're gonna have that one or two or three assholes. Like, what are you gonna yep. do about it? You know what I mean? Um, exactly. It just, it's just part work, of snake like, keeping, you know. Work around them, you know. Like, I mean, trust me, there's personalities in almost anything that we're talking about right now, and you just gotta have a different approach, maybe to certain ones. Um, but I think what drew most of us to these snakes is kind of that little intimidation, curiosity, fear yeah. and curiosity, yeah. you know, like, yeah. is it going to bite me? And like learning uh, the body mannerisms of these animals and you can kind of predict those things, you know, like before it ever happens. Yeah. And so I just try to show people that in person, like at the expos and stuff like, hey, you know, you guys can. Uh, you can hold it. And I, I've actually had a lot of people, they said, you know, I was going to come here and buy, like, uh, it was last year. And this lady's like, you know, I was going to come here and buy a Mexican black king snake. But this, you know, uh, Halloween Amazon tree bow you've put in my hands, I've just fallen in love with it. And I, I'm going to get this instead. And that's her first snake. Way cooler purchase. Yeah. <laughs> no offense, so, but I mean, I'm just yeah. saying. King snakes are gross. Yep. <laughs> they must they call are. them and shit. And the king snakes talk about king snakes biting. I mean, Mexican oh, yeah, they got aren't as bad. Crazy California are horrible. They'll just launch out at you all the time. Yeah. For no reason. That's how, mine, that's how mine were. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. No thanks. But yeah, I mean, that's I, I do think people I mean, I do think people can can get a green tree python as their first snake, too, if they do all the research and they're 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 up for the challenge. Right. I think people need to figure out what they really want by doing the research first and then asking people before they get any animals and then selecting that one animal that they're absolutely head over heels for. It doesn't matter what the care is, because then they'll care for that animal optimally, I okay. think. Randy, so I got to ask you this. And Marshall, I want to hear it from you too. You know, you, 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 we do our parts where if someone comes respectfully and they have a tons of questions, and let's just say maybe they're inquiring about an Amazon tree boa or an emerald tree boa or an emerald tree boa, whatever. Like, let's just say that they're really interested, right? And they get all the information they get from you. And they, mm -hmm. they the, the, the last thing they ended on is, I think I need to do a ton of research and get back to you. Mm -hmm. Don't you feel like, a ton of research could kind of just like that's it's not maybe the ton of research you need to fucking do it's just some of the stuff you need to understand that you're getting into and then let the experience be the the best teacher for you i just i feel like some people do too much in their head with this whole i need to do a ton of research because there's not much ton to understand as far as keeping goes now breeding okay i could understand what you need to research and who you need to talk to but as far as keeping goes the, so the, it's not overthought. It doesn't need to be overthought. I, I don't think. I don't. I no. Don't. 
And I don't think so. And so one of the selling points that you could have too, though, is if they are interested in the animal and they wanted to purchase it, then that they could also have you in their back pocket that they can call and ask any right. questions about. Right. And that's right. going to be far greater than any research they could probably ever do. Right. I mean, I've had people at reptile expos bring their kids over or bring someone else's kid over or bring a person over and say, Hey, this person's obsessed with Amazons. They've never bought anything from me, but just because they are like, I, I want to help them out, you know, like, and you will make a sale later. Right. But yeah, I, you don't need to do a ton of research. I think you just, I think most people like us that have been in the hobby, we could go out and get almost any species out there and know right. how to keep the basics of a python or a boa or a colubrid and we could keep it alive until we find out the little details that we probably need to make it thrive mm -hmm. right i think people just need to know the basics for a lot of these animals um and then from there they can get that guidance from the the seller that they're they're buying from yeah i mean that's what i that's why i like hmm you know if you're coming to somebody for advice and they're giving you advice and you know that this person is trustworthy then what other fucking research do you need i'm confused like you you have mm -hmm. somebody like you're locked like you're well, locked i think you got to understand like the the concepts of what you're trying to do right and and so maybe what works for me doesn't work for you or like maybe i'm telling you something and my room is a different temperature you know like who knows i've always been like a you know I go off the deep end. I obsess about whatever it is, snakes, you know, uh, like, you know, Research. which, yeah, my, yeah, cars, you know, like if I'm doing a project, like I just go down the wormhole of, of everything. So to me, like not, you know, to me, yeah, a lot of research is, you know, like I would do it if it was, if it was me getting into it, I'm not saying yeah. you have to, no. but I, I'm I think you'd be better research. off. Yeah. When I find some, I probably like you guys, when you find something that you're really interested in, it's hard to stop looking into that. You know, you like, Oh, this new species. And then you just go ham on all that info as much as you can get asking everyone, all those questions until you get to like this basic understanding of, okay, but you're still learning as you go, but it's a lot slower after that period, you know? Yes. Yeah. And I, I think that anybody willing Amazon tree bows are a super hardy species, right? They're super easy to keep if you keep them in the correct parameters, um, which are pretty wide compared to a, a lot of arboreal snakes. Yeah. Um, you know, they can be kept in small. I've seen people keep them in snake racks. I mean, I wouldn't want to keep them like that because I like to see them, yeah. um, but they, they can be kept like that. They can be kept in large enclosures like bioactive. I think Amazon Trubos are probably one of the better snakes for bioactive enclosure because they're so hardy. Um, I would always suggest you quarantine that animal first, make sure the animal's healthy, make sure your system is set up first before you integrate them, and then have uh, a way to take that animal back out if anything ever happens. But um, mm -hmm. Amazons, they're, they're easy to breed, you know. Um, they really don't need a ton of cycling. A lot of people will say, yeah, I do this and drop my temps and all that. I mean, I know my room fluctuates up and down. So I just watch the females. Um, if I notice that, you know, she's tucked in the corner, she's trying to get cool. Um, or if I see any follicular, you know, swelling, the animal looks larger and I know I haven't fed it in a while. I'll just try a male, you know, um, a lot of times at nighttime, you'll go into the room and you'll see males just cruising around and you're like, 
I just fed you like three days ago, you know? He wants to get laid. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, or, or they're not eating because they're just, they completely want. So you just, you start to learn those small things and you're like, you know what? Okay. Uh, you know, I'm going to take, like, that's what I do with my chondros, right? I just saw my males cruising. The females are kind of sitting in a different spot. Storm's coming in. Man, eh, might as well. Well, let's try it. And they locked up and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to separate them out. And I just fed them and I'm going to feed them again. Then I'm going to introduce them again. I mean, I feel like a lot of things come with observing what you're working with. And I think mm -hmm. paying attention closely to stuff like that, you know, males cruising, going off food, storms coming. Like, you know, I, I think that's kind of where, I don't know, like, you know, I, I, I like being so hands-on because I could tell when shit like this is going to be going down. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and it's kind of a, you know, Marshall was talking about how more maintenance it is for the cocoa chip, but like I'm almost looking for more maintenance just because I like to be like more hands on with shit like this. I feel like it's like, you know, we're talking about being obsessed. I mean, I'm just so obsessed with this shit at this point where if I could do anything to help either enrichment or whatever or, or give it more security or fresh water, as I like to do, you know, I like to give everything fresh water. Fuck. Um, you know, I don't know. I just uh, I, I like being more hands on. I don't necessarily know if like a particulate substrate is more work, you know, because you're spot cleaning throughout like maybe the I mean, month or whatever. What for you, yeah, you it, know? it just depends. Yeah, it just paper, depends. Paper's a pain in the ass. Like it I, is, I, and it's I gross. Have, it is. I have, I have all my ball pythons on paper, which is funny because he has all his ball pythons on cocoa. Yeah. Too. So we're like, I yeah. so yeah. I have all my, I have all, all, yeah. all my ball pythons on paper, and I and and I'm in here so much where it's nothing for me to do a paper change, and it's right. Quick, right? It's boom, boom, boom. But also, it makes the room smell worse um, yes. because when it's when anything that shits on paper, you smell it immediately. You're just immediately, like, yeah. yeah. And that's the only it's, downfall versus the good aroma of cocoa fiber. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, I kind of the only reason I like it is because it's like okay, like something in here is dirty. You know, yeah, like you don't right. even have to go look at every tub. You just, you know, immediately. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So and I, I don't know. I guess my room's a little bit smaller too. It's only like not even 10. It's like nine and a half by eight and a half, I think. Yeah. So it's just a little room. It just keeps me humble and able to go in there and kind of check things out. But yeah, I just spot clean. If I see something nasty, then yeah, that's when I'm going to be, you know, breaking a cage down or something like that. But for the most part, like with my Amazons, everything uses I use Cypress, uh, except for my green tree pythons that are in the 66 quarts. I use puppy pads. The Dominicans are a different story, though. I use peat moss, like an inch and a half, two inches of peat moss at the bottom. And then I cover that with like an inch or two inches of Cypress mulch on top of that. And so what if they, they musk so much, and it'd probably be good for Timors too but they musk so much, what happens is it just goes through and it absorbs like kitty litter. So then you just get these flat pieces like kitty litter and you can just pick those out, huh. you know? The peat moss really just, it's so dry underneath that it just like helps everything go together like kitty litter. Huh, yeah. That's crafty, I'm not gonna lie, yeah. that's a good idea. Um, well, I talk Nick So they're, they're messy, <laughs> they're messy, the yeah, they Dominican, they're, yeah. They are. They are. They they like to musk and stuff like that. Um, and they get they get they get a lot bigger than an Amazon tree boa too, right? Minor. I mean, thicker. Yes. Thicker, you know. Right. Okay. Like they're in four foot cages. Um, I would say my biggest female 
She's a 2015. Uh, she's probably just under five feet. Five feet. She's not very big. And the, yeah. the arboreal to floor ratios about the same as Amazon tree boas. Like they do, they they kind of act and behave the same, or no? They're more terrestrial for sure. When they're younger, they do like to climb a lot. Yeah. Like if you have babies, they'll. If you have any tubs that have like two tiered lips or anything, they'll always try to be up on that lip of the tub. Uh, the babies really like to climb a lot uh, as they get older, probably like a, a common boa that they're going to be more terrestrial, but they're much more narrow. So you can tell that they're better equipped for, you know, the trees than like a, a BCI or something like that. Damn. You, you want to know the problem with me having an Amazon tree boa episode? What's that? Like, I, I got the itch, bro. Like I got an itch right now. <laughs> Wait till like, you I'm, see Dayton's shit too. I'm man. not gonna. I'm not. But just seeing your stuff, bro. I'm not gonna lie. It's like holy shit. These so things this, are really awesome. This is what I tell people. I think a lot of people that are in ball pythons, they love the morphs, they love the genetics when it comes to this. Right. But on the other hand, they see like the pinnacle of reptile keeping is arboreal snakes. That's just kind of sure. how. That's how the industry views things. It's in the trees. Mm -hmm. And so I think people who are a little bit intimidated to get into chondros and Amaz uh, uh, emeralds, uh, they can they could start with an Amazon or they can really look into Amazons because they are a lot easier to keep. And there's way more colors. And I'll, I'll say this way more variation than ball pythons ever started with. Hmm. Yeah, ever. Yeah, it's kind of so, got that mix of both, uh, both, mm -hmm. you know both both types you've got the morphs and you've got their you know and they're there's something a little different yep yeah. so i think I mean, it's a good mix between you know ball python's popularity they they they, they are king when it comes to morphs but they don't yep. even have the nicest morphs in the fucking hobby like they're yep. like like even retics there's retic morphs yes that pop, that they do pop way harder than ball pythons yep. but then again it's a retic who the fuck it's wants that giant it's snake like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> telephone pole you know <laughs> oh <laughs> um, yeah now okay i have a uh i have a wrap-up question for you okay um sure. before we get, get into some hot seat questions and marshall if you want to get a maybe a wrap-up question in your head loaded that'd be great too maybe if you if you could think of one um sure but if not no big deal because david levison never does so it's no big deal um hey i gotta ask you man like at the end of the day i love the passion like obviously passion comes first for me when it comes to these animals but i love making money man i i, I love i love money too yeah. uh, and the reason why i'm getting at that is you obviously like we're talking about bloody mary hellboy these aren't your fucking common introduction into amazon tree boas like these these right. have to be your higher end ones correct yes so let's just say you get into the point where you're cranking out some hellboys some bloody mary type mm -hmm. stuff like like, where do you take the market at that point? Because I get it. You want everyone to get their hands on stuff. But what about the stuff that matters to you the most? Like, like the stuff that you're really trying to hit that, I mean, has anyone hit this type of stuff yet? First and mm -hmm. foremost, like the stuff that you're going for. And, and I'm curious, yes. when you hit it, where do you, where do you plan on taking the market and, and, and whatnot? So, I mean, I, I will say I've already been offered twice for, for freak show. Someone's offered me 3,500 and I've declined and someone's offered Respect. maybe five five thousand i've declined so i like, think i think the extreme calicos will be up there with you know chondro prices around that maybe right. not super design designer stuff but i mean around that that price range i think uh 
you can get a regular calico for you know a thousand or something like that um maybe just kind of a standard red for even under a, a thousand but the higher end stuff i think it's it does gonna deserve a higher price tag for sure it's it's much more rare because right now we really don't know how it's reproduced either so if we see them most likely we're going to keep them back or we're going to kind of spread them between uh the amazon keepers in the background and and we're talking about maybe potential new lines of stuff that you're working with and and, and yeah. making like you like new names for stuff in the future and whatnot Yep, definitely. And that's where I started from. I actually, um, I used to get Cam's mailing list from Bushmaster. So when I got back into the hobby, that's where I started with. I wanted to get a whole bunch of imports, see which ones were good. My vet helped me get them all cleaned up, sold the ones I didn't want. And now I have wild import stock as well as I try to get the highest, the best calicos from all the top breeders in the country. So now I can kind of integrate stuff and I've already bred some imports and they've been producing some oddballs, what I call like dinker projects like you guys are doing. So yeah. I have like a, like a yellow calico dinker project that a female will be dropping for me soon. And then I have like a really, really dark Halloween project that I'm working on too. Fuck yeah. Stoked so for you. There, there will be a lot of morphs that come out. There's a lot of things. Cody Joe in Canada popped out some crazy shit. Some girl named Chelsea popped out some cool shit. So, I mean, you never know. That's It's kind of even the playing field right now because we're so new. This Chelsea right here? I think so. Yeah. She's coming on Trap Talk in, uh, in a few weeks. I'm just kidding. She keeps yeah. telling me. Never mind. Pablo. I'm pretty sure it's Pablo that she had. That snake is sick. Shout out to Chelsea. Come on my show. Um, so, how, how, how close do you think we are to fully understanding the Amazon Amazon Trevoa genetics. Uh, I mean, that's my wrap up how, question. How <laughs> that's the same thing with the green tree <laughs> pythons, right? Like how close are you guys to understanding that it's, it's similar. I mean, well, we're I no, in my, in my opinion, we're nowhere we'll other than we, we know there's a super <laughs> red, but I mean, do you think, do you think they are going to be like ball pythons eventually where like, not, we know not to that extent, you know, I think, I think we will go that route because I think it'll be more like the boa constrictors, but I don't know if there will be as many. And the, they're they're going to be harder to produce than a ball python, but not that much harder, you know. Um, and some people won't like it because the babies will be a little bit nippy, you know. So I think that'll kind of keep some people away. But I think the ones who are what, interested well, what, in working, yeah. But what about just understanding, like saying, okay, like we know that whatever we know there is a super tiger. Uh, mm -hmm. And we know because it seems like, you know, every um, the, the genetics are not super well known. Like, yeah. So there it's, are actually, it's go ahead, yeah, go I mean, ahead. there's a lot of people already starting to, to, to kind of figure stuff out, you know, like Calico and Red, Hypo and Lucy, Tiger, like all these things. We're starting to figure out those morphs itself. I think within the next 10 years, we're going to have a good base understanding of like let's call them base morphs right and how okay they yeah we do have like four morphs right now that we understand how they work but they're also a lot of polygenic stuff that you guys ball python people are just starting to kind of get into now too right i think right. calico and red is a polygenic thing okay yeah so we'll see so and then, you know, I mean, genetic testing, maybe we can start doing that too if we get more people into the Amazon Trubo world. 
I would say the biggest exciting yeah. stuff from, from what I'm hearing is like there's still so much more to come from Amazon tree boas. Oh, like, yeah. like, 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 like it's just starting, right? Mm -hmm. And 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 I, yeah. feel like I mean, go ahead. Just gonna say this is the first Amazon tree boa show you've had. <laughs> and, you, and you've had like three i mean you're so shows. you're so so oh. late so late i mean God you should have listened damn. to me like three years ago but. dude it, it's been about three years since he told me get the fuck on this and here i am waiting yeah. i don't know why i waited so long um, yeah, i mean a lot of people looked at amazon's as trash snakes man like they just saw gardens and they're like oh that's just a gray looking snake but if you look at an amazon you look at a yellow and you think okay that's a normal the garden may look as an exanthic or anatheristic, right? And so then you start to look at things differently. I think I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna man, and I don't want to put no disrespect on this species, but there's a couple ways how I picture certain things that are similar, even though they're not. And the mm -hmm. way I the way I just made myself picture Amazon tree boas were like the same way I compare like a Maclots to a Timor. Like to me, I always thought. Timors are way sicker than a Maclots, but then I guess if you can't get your hands on a Timor, get yourself a Maclots. And mm. that's how I always looked at it. And for me, I looked at Emerald Trebo as being superior and the, the Amazon Trebo just being something easier and smaller to keep when mm. I, I necessarily don't want the smaller, easier thing. I also want sure. the pain in the ass. But, 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 but we're not talking about yes we're talking about something that both like to hang on trees but amazon tree boa is its own thing like it's mm -hmm. it's not like an emerald tree boa um no they drink or a chondro, yes. or a chondro mm -hmm. and, and it has so many awesome things to bring to the table so yeah first and foremost you're not gonna have to wait three two years for another amazon tree boa fucking episode because i'm thank I'm, you I'm coming in hot with these ones from now on i'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll get a hold of rory too we'll get him in touch with you yeah guys so definitely no, okay. I gotta ask you before we get into the hot seat questions. What would he you won't say? be on like video, but he'll be at least talking. I, I, I just get, let me get in touch with him. We'll go from there. Okay. Um, but I gotta ask you, what what would be one thing you feel like is very important that I bring up to Dayton this Thursday night with Marshall? Uh, I, what I, you guys should talk about is the actual morphs themselves, right? He's one of the biggest uh, contributors to the red and calico gene, so he's pretty much come out and said it's recessive. But I think it's yeah. recessive in the same way that DG is recessive in, in ball pythons. Ooh. That's what I think. That's why you're seeing different levels of red, right? And you're seeing right. that it's not always expressed the same way. So I think there's other genes inside that that's making that phenotype look so crazy. And maybe it's it's could be confusing some people thinking they have something that they don't. Could be. Because one thing I'm seeing in the DG game right now are people that are claiming they have dg when mm -hmm. it might just be a good head influence and it's not an actual visual but they're breeding it thinking it's a visual yep that's similar because people will be like oh it has a, a white scale and it's like no that's that's not how it works you know right 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 like they all have white scales or black scales that's pretty normal damn well shit randy <laughs> can't believe we got this fucking podcast in finally after Thank many you. years um yeah now hot seat questions though you can't just leave sure 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 everyone gets the hot seat questions <laughs> um so guys do me a favor please the likes are very respectable man um we had a lot, a lot of people tapping in for you and showing you love so thank, thank you, you for all the likes um but hot seat questions randy coming in hot you, you know how these do how these go randy the quicker the better okay let's do it all right hot seat questions coming in hot let's go frozen thought or live frozen thought favorite conjure locality jaipura 
Red Conjure Neo or Yellow Conjure Neo? Red. Pre first shed meal or post first shed meal on a conjure? Post. Post, post okay. on anything. On anything. Got you. Yay imports or boo imports? Yay imports. One reptile you would import to your collection and maybe something you don't work with, what would it be? Uh, Corallus Cropani. Can you break that down for the people who don't know what you just said? I don't know <laughs> if they have a... I don't know if it has a common name. It's like one of the rarest Corallus species out there. Where are they so, from? Yeah, where is it from? Um, northern part of South America there. They're... Okay. Um, they have really large scales like uh, emerald, but they're kind of like they almost look like a cross between a Cuban boa and a Russian bergeye, like a uh, black tail tree boa. Okay, huh. mm -hmm. I think I, I might have seen something similar to what you're talking about. There's Me only not. been like four pictures ever circulate of them in the wild. They're really dark, right? No, I don't think so. They're okay. lighter. All right, well, that was a good one. Don't know what the hell that was, so that's Sorry. great. No, you're good. That's what I. <laughs> We're here some to homework yeah for sure. <laughs> to, to spray or miss an amazon tree boa or to never spray or miss an amazon tree boa to spray them yay sports or boo sports mm, yay sports number one sport football favorite football team of all time seahawks damn steak or fish steak favorite cut of steak mm. Ribeye. Hmm. Yay alcohol or boo alcohol? Boo alcohol. Van Halen or Sammy Hagar? Van Halen, I guess. <laughs> West Coast rapper, East Coast rap? West Coast. Favorite West Coast rapper of all time? Nipsey. Wow. R.I.P. Nipsey. Mm -hmm. And R.I.P. My Condro Nipsey, too. He died also. What do you know? No. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Little word association. First thing to come to mind, cocoa, fiber, stuck shed, sucks, FedEx, best we got. <laughs> that sucks. Mm -hmm. It's true though. Uh, milk, uh, disgusting. Reptile super show. Eventually, I'll get down to one. Yes. So we'll marshal. So we'll marshal. Yeah. Can't tell you when, but I'm trying. On I'm trying. Soon. On bumper. It's coming. I mean, I was uh, just in Anaheim. I need to figure it out. So, yeah. Instagram trolls. Ignore them. If it came down to you eliminating one platform forever, and I mean forever, is it going to be Facebook or Instagram? Which one needs to go, Randy? Facebook. Damn. Randy, I got to say, two hours went by too quick, but we had. Just shy of 70 people tapped in for your show tonight. What do you have to say uh, to all your love and support out there, man? I appreciate everyone that tapped in and talked and listened about uh, Amazon Truboas and reach out if anyone has any questions about them. I love talking shop. So, yep. And I got to say, this uh, one of many uh, episodes you'll be seeing, Randy, because I'm a huge fan of these Amazon Truboas now. So, Sweet, uh, yeah. Have me on anytime. And no thanks to Marshall at all whatsoever. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, do me a favor, please. Um, best way to get a hold of you, also, Randy, would you say Instagram? Just go to my Instagram. Yeah, if you go to Facebook, you'll be left on there for a while. So okay. Now, I mean, I do know that there is a name of this logo right now, and I know it says yeah. your name, but what's the name? Stotic Arboreals, is that right? Stoic. 
Stoic, so, my bad, stoic. Yeah, no, and that's my CPA for my business has pretty much pulled me aside and said, Randy, the Department of Revenue is going to come after you soon. You need to start an LLC for this. And I said, okay, I'll come up with a name. Okay, perfect. And that's what I did, and I'll launch it in January. Oh, perfect. I do like the logo, though. Nice. Uh, it's Thank clean. You. Yeah, it's cool. I like it. I like the logo. Yeah. All right, man. Well, listen, guys, please do me a favor. Go give him a follow on Instagram, but more importantly, give it up for our man, Randy P. of Stoic Boreals, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having yeah, me on. Yeah, that was awesome, man. Cool, man. I enjoyed it. We'll catch, right. up. we'll catch up soon, Randy. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I'll see you later, guys. Peace out. See ya. Nice warm up for this Amazon. Trail. Yeah, I gotta say. Yeah, I'm that was. To... Yeah, that was fun. I'm excited to uh, to to pick uh, pick Dayton's brains about the uh, genetics of it more. The diversity. These diversity of these Amazon tree boas are, are definitely not to be slept on, bro. This is this is really interesting. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, there. Uh, th there's some nice ones out there for sure. You know. Uh, overall, do you feel like uh, with okay, yeah, maybe with me doing more shows about Amazon tree boas, but popularity? Do you think with time, more people are gonna start getting their hands on Amazon tree boas? You think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, like, you know, just think about the, the morphs that are, or the animals that are out there, like, like Randy's and like Dayton's and Rory's. I mean, you just didn't see those. You didn't see Amazons that look like that, you know, four or five, six years ago. Yeah, um, that's, not, that's not that long ago at all. You know what I mean? Right. I know. I mean, yeah, right. And then, you know, I, I feel it with, uh, uh, I feel like the market's going to kind of, uh, is going more, into these you know odd odd things you know so the, i think there's gonna be opportunity there for uh it, really any any type of odd you know so something that's not super common and the arboreals are just like uh you or, or he said earlier they're just kind of viewed as the as the top of the you know top shelf of uh of, of snakes that you keep you know so how does that so make they're how does that make you feel that being said, but all your work is going into ball pythons right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, you just got to take it as it comes, man. I, I, you know, what's crazy about it is that um, I, I, the thought of getting totally rid of the ball pythons, even if the market just tanks and they're worth nothing, I would still keep the best ones, you know? Oh, 100%. I mean, so. Uh, I feel you. Yeah, I'm on the same page. So it's it's kind of like, you know, at the end of the day, no matter what they are, you still know you got some really cool shit that you're never gonna want to let go of. So exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's that's so. when you that's when you know you're in the ball python game in the right way. Like that's because you're you still got shit that no matter what it is, I'm gonna keep it. I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, totally. <sighs> All right. Listen, guys, Red Mountain Herp on uh instagram um and you will catch my man here thursday night with me with uh dayton um and i'm, I'm excited to sit down with dayton there like i said it's a good warm-up and uh, we're gonna finish strong this week with uh dayton uh this thursday night um listen i'm getting asked if you're ever gonna sell a conjure again in your life and <laughs> what, what, do you, what do you have to say to anyone out there wondering if they could ever possibly get their hands on a marshall mendez green tree python production you know, man, like, um, um, it's coming. Hopefully my, my time's coming. I haven't, I've been sitting on stuff for, you know, four or five years now and it's all starting to, uh, come, you know, yes. uh, come, come, come to fruition. So we'll see. I uh, hope, 
hopefully I'll be able to have some, uh, you know, I'll have four or five, six females I can try next year and, you know, hoping for the best. We'll see. Well, I'm rooting for you, man. Um, either way, it's always a pleasure to have you a part of the show and be here. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of your work, Marshall, and uh, you're a good friend of mine. So thank, thank you. you so much, man. Thank you. Likewise. Uh, guys, yeah. please, favor, give it up for my man, Marshall. Did a great job tonight, and you'll catch him in Thursday. But it's a wrap for my man, Marshall. Red Mountain Hurt. See ya. All right, big dog. I'll see you Thursday. Later. Peace. It's my dog right there, Marshall Mendez. Please go give him a follow on Instagram. And thank you guys for being a part of history tonight. I like Amazon tree boas. I don't know what the fuck I've been thinking. And that's crazy because I did not feel like this after having a hog nose guest on. So it's kind of like way to go. But either way, better late than never. And also never too late to get the likes up. If you have not yet, please hit the like button. Um, also hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. You won't ever be slept on any podcast. I drop here. I will say, guys, shout to anyone out there who has been wanting me to keep this segment rolling, and that is the Tuesdays, a.k.a. Fat Snake Tuesdays. And when I mean fat, I don't mean fat. I mean fat. Pretty hot and tempting. All right? I'm bringing it back. Let's go. I still love my super dwarfs. I'm sitting down with my boy Lucas tomorrow night. For Fat Snake Tuesdays, going to get up to date with what's happening in the retic world. But more importantly, we're going to be talking about the localities, the locality-specific pythons that are really making the impact, I feel like, within the retic community. All right? No disrespect to the morphs, but that's just not my thing right now. I'm geeking out over these goddamn localities, and I'm going to build a foundation. We're going to talk to Lucas about it tomorrow, so be ready. Set your reminder, 6 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. Okay, can't wait. My boy Lucas has been killing the podcast game, and I feel like Lucas is probably one of the best people associated in the reticulated—excuse me, reticulated Python community because he educates people the way they need to be educated. And uh, looking forward to sitting down with you tomorrow night, Lucas. Um, also Thursday night, like we were just talking about, we're gonna go ahead and uh, pick things back up. Amazon Trebo, as we have somebody really highly respected within the amazon Treboa game um he became he came highly recommended when it came down to me asking who i should bring on and uh hands down people were like dude you cannot sleep on this guy so he's coming to the show uh the homie dayton uh gonna be dropping some amazing amazon Treboa knowledge this thursday night with uh me and marshall mendez again so set your reminder be ready coolest reptile, reptile podcast in the world guys gotta remind you if you're looking for exclusive content, if you would like to support what I do uh, more than just viewing and watching, um, or if you just really want to get behind the scenes of what I have planned and what's going on for the trap, do me a favor. Go down to the very first link you see in the description below. Click on it. Join the Trap Talk Patreon family. As soon as you join the Patreon family, you get a link to the Discord, and that link will tap you in with over 170 trappers. We're growing by the day. Thank you to every single one of my patreon members i love you guys man even the ones who left and stuck stick around and just still be a part of family thank you so much your guys support means everything to me and i love you guys man also don't forget support us arc us arc gold member here all day every day three years running um shout to phil goss shout to vanessa shout to anyone who supports us arc fight for your rights no one's messing with their animals let's go see you at the top guys have a good night thank you so much i'll see you guys here tomorrow and i'm out